<laughs> oh man, we're back. Back in the sanctuary, the beat lab, the studio, whatever you want to call it. Back for episode four. And we got an exciting one, guys. I thought last week uh, episode three would, would be our best episode, and I've heard from several people that it was so far, and that's the goal, right, is to get better every time. But this week is going to be special because we have our very first guest here in the studio, our good friend Derek. Derek, what's up, man? It's not much. Doing great. Really glad I got to watch practice. Excited. Uh, thank you for having me on, man. We're we're glad to have you on. Derek, you go way back with me and Preston and – Derek's a big metalhead, and, and Derek's going to have a lot to, to say about his music journey, and then we'll also dive into a little bit of his profession. But first, Derek kind of teed us up there. Uh, before the show, we had some screaming evidence practice. You guys practiced for about two hours or so. So, Tyler, Preston, what's your guys' thoughts on uh, some of the new songs you're working on and, and where you're at with those? Because from my perspective and Derek's perspective, y'all sounded really fucking good tonight. So, let's hear it. Well, I guess my take on the new songs is that they are not finished <laughs> one bit. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more than work that needs to be done. Um, tonight was mainly just really just a jam session, get together, play the new stuff, make sure we're all familiar with what we have um, put together for those. And then with Derek being here, we wanted to play some songs that he he wanted to hear, so... Uh, with that, I mean, really, nothing, not a whole lot else. Tyler, what do you have? Um, well, my two fingers I used to pluck the strings uh, blistered three songs in. Yeah. Pussy. So, uh, you know, as far as these new songs, they are, I mean, they're they're way more challenging to me than what we used to do. Yeah. And I've watched my my own ability on the bass increase over time just from pushing and pushing and pushing. And I get to this point where I'll play a song, you know, I'll write the bass parts to a song, and I'm like, I fucking love what I did here. Yeah. But it's difficult to play. And then I, I think to myself, well, maybe maybe I could do a little bit less and and get away with it i'm like that's that's not rock dude (laughs) that is not metal as fuck i hope to god everybody listening has seen that video because if you haven't comment on kyler's tiktok channel or off of a youtube video and just say play that video or send that video because i'll find a way to make sure that's not rock music oh my god it's amazing but uh (laughs) you know with that the the issue i'm running into is each song is getting quite difficult for me to play and to play it fresh is one thing but when we've been playing for two hours and then i'm expected to to jump in on on this bass part that it's yeah it's not yeah, easy it's tough. and so for me i i realize i just need to work on my stamina uh with playing uh, practice more and if i can nail it dude it's gonna it, it brings a certain dimension to the the songs that we've written where i'm so focused on groove and just the flow of the song and i think it brings a lot of that groovy stuff from like uh <clears throat> that 
from like Deftones and Incubus and things that I pull inspiration from. Yeah. No, I I agree, and I think the uh, the stamina piece is something that can be said for all musicians, right? I mean, myself included. I mean, you know, I, I when I had a kid, I'm like, well, because I'm not going to be playing guitar as much, and and now that you know, kids getting a little older, I'm able to get back into it. I noticed that boy, my my stamina is not near what it used to be. And then you go and watch some of these bands that are headlining big shows play for two and a half hours straight, and they're not stopping. You know, the only time they get a break is when one of the members is doing a solo, <laughs> and it makes you question your own your own stamina. So that last song you guys played, I'm not sure what that one's called, but uh, that bass line is ridiculous. It's the dumbest shit I've ever written. Yeah, you were you had already you had unplugged, put the bass down, shut the amp off, and Sean's like, "Yo, let's run through this real quick." Because my, like, yeah. my, my fingers were throbbing. Yeah, my fingers were throbbing, and I was like. I'm done playing. We've done been through it. And then I hear Sean playing that riff and I'm like, really, that's what you want right now? I think that's that's, exactly that's the option you're going to go with when I'm done. Okay. That's cool. I appreciate you too, dog. It was, it was impressive though. I, I thought it was impressive. Derek, I'm sure you agree that it was a rather impressive baseline. It was, that was, it looked cool. Yeah. It definitely hurt. <laughs> uh, it definitely sounded cool, but it even looked cool. Let me visualize this for the listeners. This is a really, really fast song, and the bass line is something that is not able to be stretched in one posi- one hand position. So Tyler is going all the way from the first fret down to, I don't, I, I, you were moving so It's fast. only the fifth, but it's a bigger On a bass, it's a think. huge yeah. stretch, yeah. and he's flying up and down the neck of this thing, and I'm like, yeah, that probably should have been the song that was played like second or third, not yeah. 15th. So what's interesting about it is I realized that if I position my thumb on the back of the neck just right, I don't have to completely move my hand. I shift my wrist. Okay. So I'm not I'm not really like That's that acoustic off. guitar player coming out in you. Yeah, so that's stuff I had to learn on the acoustic to be able to play these funky-ass chords and stuff. So what I do is I plant my thumb more towards in between the first and the fifth, and then I can just more or less shift my wrist back and forth really fucking fast yeah. and have the accuracy to be able to hit the note I want to hit Got a lot of every practice. time. Yeah, for sure. And Derek, you, I mean, you play acoustic, so you get it. Some of those chords are funky, man. And it's, I mean, we call them, we call them jazz chords anytime. It's a, it's, it's a real weird hand position. Really we call is. them jazz chords. It's and not a standard G, D, or A. No, no, it's not. Get away not. from me. And it's, it's man. not an octave chord. It's not, you know, a string skip or something. It's this really funky hand position that really makes you contort your hand. And that was a lot of what you were playing there. So, but it was awesome. I mean, for, for being, wore out like you you guys were i mean you guys fucking killed that shit i mean me and Derek are in here just the two of us just headbanging yeah. we're on tiktok live people are sending flame emojis everybody's having a good time and we're fucking jamming so it was like a personal concert because like i've never got to experience that before like yeah we, that's right you we, never we, we used to jam before. we used to jam in high school for fun yep but it was never like that like you got to uh, well, i got to see the sausage being made yeah yeah and, yeah. and even though yeah. even though Eat our I sausage. didn't. Get, <laughs> even though I didn't get to see the creative process, it was enlightening to see that that you guys jamming together things that aren't clean. You know, maybe there's technical difficulties or like uh, we can't quite make there are always we can't quite make the flow right. Mm-hmm. 
but then I get then I'll, I know what that looks like two months from now when you guys are playing uh, mm-hmm. on playing stage. it on stage. And yeah. So it was really cool to see that because it's a a part that most people don't get to see. Well, and there's that that song that you guys are working on that has that fucking disgusting ass riff. And you know when you first started practicing, that was the first song you were working on, and you're just kind of writing this song as you go. You know, you you got the intro riff, you've got a bit of a bridge in there, and it's you're you're let's run through that again. I think I got something. Run through that again. Yeah. I think I can fix. I can make this better. And you're just that creative process is is on the fly a lot once you've established the the foundation of the song. So that's super cool. For- well, on that song, uh, Preston and Sean had worked on that, and the for only time minutes. I have heard it was when Preston played it for me on the acoustic. Uh, what was that? A week ago, it was after right, we were. It was yeah, right before so, we recorded episode three. Yeah. yeah, so it was a week ago, and I heard a glimpse of it on the acoustic, and then me and Scotty are hearing it for the first time, and I think of just how to to groove that song, and I just looked at Scotty, and I was like, "We're going to make this motherfucker slam." Yes, and yeah. we're going to make people sick. My neck hurts from headbanging <laughs> to that song because you played it like six fucking times, and I'm just raging. Well, the whole we had time. to figure it out. I know, it but was I was still, don't change the fact that I'm fucking losing my shit every time you're running through it. <laughs> no, so no. my neck hurts thanks to y'all. So appreciate. You're that. welcome. No, the coolest part I think of a glimpse into that. Um, the coolest part about it is honestly to me how able we're able to put something together as a band pretty quick. Uh, yeah, I mean because we've we've been playing together for so long and that goes back to the conversation we had was that last episode where like you you joining the band was easily the best fit we could have imagined because the four of us get in a room and we're just on the same fucking level and i think that you all challenge each other because of your backgrounds like we touched on last week i pissed Mm -hmm. scotty off well Scotty just wants to rage, bro. <laughs> and I get that. Scotty loves it when I piss him off, too, because I'll be like, hey, bro, do this weird thing. <laughs> do this weird yeah. thing. And he'll be like, fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he does it. And, and Derek, I know you were feeling it because Scotty's a oh. hell of a fucking drummer, dude. I mean, dude. Scotty's Beautiful. legit. I love it when he gets over there looking like a little monkey. and He goes nuts. He goes nuts. Just, yeah. just hands up above it like he's punching the ceiling and then slamming back down. It's gorgeous. Bro, he broke it one of his beautiful. sticks tonight <laughs> it 30 seconds into the song and flipped that bitch over and just kept yeah. going. When you come in here, you need a hard hat. You need a cup. You need some Kevlar. <laughs> yeah. If Scotty's back there on the drums, we're, we're out, out front I talking. I have a welt, bro. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're out front talking. We said we need them plexiglass screens that the church uses. <laughs> yeah. It's what he needs because yeah. he is in his own little world Dude, back and there. And you know what? He would probably love shit. it more. He would be the caged animal back there. He that's is what he a looks caged like. Animal. He like is. some kind of Tasmanian yep. devil or little monkey at the zoo. I think that's the best kind of drummer, though, man. Is it that, is. Yeah. Like you said, caged animal. Um, to, I guess to close out the, the practice portion of, of this, um, Derek, you haven't seen us play and it's, it's been a little bit and we definitely haven't played Not any newer material for you from what you heard. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if you were here by the time we played the, the new, new, just something we put together today. Um, but in regards to the newer material, what do you think? I like it. Um, a couple of times you've sent me like little clips. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, hey, what do you think about this? I'll be like, love it, or you know, add something here. Um, but I really do like it. I like the direction that we're going. Um, 
we having some technical difficulties? Good. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. Um, I really like the direction you guys are taking it. I Here's what I liked. I've been a faithful fan for the first three episodes. And when I hear you guys talk about the direction of the band, and then I get to see it. Mm-hmm. It like, makes sense. Oh, shit. Yeah. They really, you guys really are going for a slightly different sound that maybe you didn't have quite mm-hmm. all the way, the older stuff. I still like the older stuff, too. Um, right. I mean, they played Sarcasm yeah. 9. It sounds just as good as and it. I, I want to touch on that real quick, too, because you, you, I've listened to you guys talk about it. Like, Preston joined the band, did this, did this, did this. That, listening to it played tonight was, for me, when I was like, I see what they're talking about. Because mm-hmm. there was an extra layer to that song that's not on the recorded version. Because I listen to the Spotify, Screaming Evidence. Check mm-hmm. them out. Yes, sir. Um, Say is probably my favorite song. Thank you. But, uh, uh, oh, yeah. I, I love them. I love you guys. I like coming to the show. I'm biased. I'm going to say it now. But that's I'm gonna, I, I, I got I to hit two points before I get out of this thought. One, every show I go to, and I said this early, earlier, um, people – will comment that your guys' original stuff is good. The other bands that are up there, not to talk talk specifics or talk bad about any other band because I can't do it, but their original stuff isn't what people are getting excited about. They're listening to the mm-hmm. cover and they're like, yeah, these guys are awesome. They covered my favorite song. But what I hear other people say is like, I want to hear Screaming Evidence's original shit. Or I'm going to go buy their CD. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to That's what I like. But the extra layer that was there in sarcasm when we listened to it tonight that I didn't hear before, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I get it. So- I see the extra layer. And what it did is Preston takes responsibility away from the other guys in the band that that three-piece mm-hmm. just wasn't mm-hmm. getting done. Mm-hmm. Or, or or not wasn't getting done, but it adds a new layer to be more interesting, to be to have more depth to the song that mm-hmm. wasn't there before, and it's not just sarcasm, right? Yeah, and it's, it's every I song. mean, you know, you guys play Attention Freak almost every show, and and that was for the longest time my favorite song of your guys. This was Attention Freak, and it sounds completely. If you go listen to Head Up Along the Way, you know the first album, yeah. and listen to um, some of those songs, you're like, wow, these are awesome. These, and then you go listen to them live. It is completely different because, again, and, and boy, we're sucking Preston off hard. Yeah, this y- y'all need to stop saying my um, name. Yeah, <laughs> you know, See, that's, and that's the thing. I didn't realize how Preston. good Sean and Tyler and Scotty were until Preston took some of the pressure off of them. Because, mm-hmm. and then they get to because I don't think I've ever really heard um, Sean shred like he did tonight. Like yes. I never focused on it when I was at that previous shows. Because now it's like he got to open up a little bit more, mm-hmm. and I've always watched Tyler play the bass because he gets a little, a little stink face on, a little emotional, he's, gets you excited. Same way with going. Scotty. Yep. But tonight I was like, I see the chemistry in a way that I haven't got to see before, and it's because of the stuff we, you guys, have talked about on the previous episodes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, well, we're not here to bullshit. I mean, we we tell it like it is on this pod. Yeah. So, so like to speak on that a little bit. When we produced Head Up Along the Way, I was doing the guitar and the bass. I did a few backup vocals, but pretty much all the vocals were Sean. So he had to think about what can I do vocally by myself, even live with these songs, because we don't want to, 
you know, we don't want to write something and put it out there that we can't do live. So we were limited vocally there. With the bass, I knew I wasn't going to be playing bass for long because we were actively looking for a bass player. And we had a guy that I was teaching on the side. But in the meantime, I had to record the bass stuff. But again, I didn't want to put something in there that this next guy couldn't play live. So I didn't do much creatively with the bass. And then guitar-wise, dude, I had barely played much guitar over the previous three years because I was in the Navy. Mm -hmm. And most of it was Sean and then myself and our producer, Tony, kind of working through and, and creating a few leads just to add some layers to it. So we were really fucking limited on what yeah. we could do as a three-piece and imagine, okay, can we actually execute this on stage? Yeah with what we have and then with that next recording you got to see us get a little more creative with things but we really didn't hit the nail on the head yet no, uh -uh. Not and the next time you know the next round of songs that we were getting ready to record which was held up from covid yeah, yeah. um that next batch was even a next step on the creativity level and then now this next round of songs we've been working on is just absolutely fucking insane. They're incredible. And I think the word that Derek had used really quick, um, depth. Mm -hmm. I think that is a big piece as to what we've added, especially with You and I listened to some, some trippy shit, though. Yeah. But, no, really, I think something about the word depth, that kind of hit me that it yeah. feels like that's what's been added well, as of late. Not to not to foreshadow too much or to to, to spoiler alert here. Don't but spoil us. I, I am a big Tool fan. So oh, we do not. So we're really, not Tool. <laughs> I know, I know. But the 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 bass heavy stuff yeah. I heard today, the yeah. new bass heavy stuff that wasn't there before, or maybe partially there before, mm -hmm. and that depth factor. I mm -hmm. mean, that's that's something you only get from sitting down and hammering it out and trying it again and trying it again and mm -hmm. and. Preston getting to take a little time to add something, uh, his own flavor. Sean getting to add his own flavor. Tyler getting to add his own flavor. Scotty back there breaking drumsticks. I mean, that, that's what he does, man. It, it, and you, it makes it, if you're like me, you beat the fuck out of your favorite song at, at that time. Oh, yeah, repeat, you've been that repeat, bitch over. repeat, yep. repeat. Yep. Those songs that last longer are the ones with that depth for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that each time I can pick out a new thing something that I different. didn't notice before. Each and it's time you listen to it, you hear something new. It's fun yeah. for me because I, little brag, I guess, I can play some Screaming Evidence songs because i yeah, you can. You know, it's a lot of them are extremely hard, though. So, so now he's shit on my no, 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 no. <laughs> Humble that, brag. That he said that's not a hard wrong. bar yeah. to, to I match. Meant as, <laughs> I meant it as don't give us compliments. In regards to the riffs. And definitely They're don't give me compliments because <laughs> yeah. apparently I'm, I'm a, a really fucking, shitty guitarist. I'm so. an asshole. No, so, no. I, so it's fun for me because. shit, Preston. <laughs> <laughs> anytime I'm. I'm a horrible friend. Yeah, it's all good. I've been dealing with it for a long fucking time, bro. So anytime a song comes on, you know, especially these guys, I'm like, yep. I fucking was, especially the new stuff off inhibitions. I'm like, yep, I was there when that one was written. I was there when yep. that one was finished. But I, I've, I, I helped add something to that when you sent me something to say, all right, yep. well, how about this? Yep. You know, just like Derek, you were talking mm -hmm. about, cause you know, we could take a little bragging rights cause we've helped 
And yeah. some of this process yeah. of, yeah, well, what if you did this? What if yep. you went in and in what it if here? You know, <laughs> you chug a chug in. Don't noodle so much when you need to chug a chug. Okay? <laughs> yeah, so, give, give me a gun. <laughs> I want fucking that's metal a, core. That's, that's metal as fuck. So, <laughs> that metal as that's fun. the extent of my contribution. <laughs> so, it's, it's so fun for I me. I feel like a piece of shit. Do that diddly thing. <laughs> it's so fun for me because, you know, I, I, I I get the behind the scenes shit and it's, you know, yeah. and, and these guys are my best friends and I, and I get to support them along this, this path they're going down. And Derek, you touched on something a few minutes ago that is huge in the fact of that when they added Preston, everybody else got that weight taken off of them and they were able to express themselves more. <laughs> Tyler didn't have to do as much. Sean didn't have to do as much. Scotty just keeps on raging and it was, they, they were able to kind of, let themselves shine a bit. Sean can fucking shred. Oh yeah, he can. And he is one of the best songwriters. Yep. I, I'm yeah. telling you what, I would put Sean's songwriting and music craft against just about anybody out there. And you know what's and really cool, Tyler? You too, baby. I mean, I got what's, you. What's up? What's really cool to me is that we're in Fayette County, Washington Courthouse. Bloomingburg. He said Washington Courthouse. That's how you guys say it. We told him we're from it. the That's fucking sticks. Say right. say I say it like that on purpose, but well, it's because it's worth it's, it's it's <laughs> it's cool to me to think that like Tyler and Sean have been right down the road my whole life. Yep. And they're in this garage writing these songs that the first time I heard I'm like, oh shit, they're good. That's yeah. good. That like and you yeah. you get it. Like you feel the songs, you feel the lyrics, you feel the music. And you know, Derek, you and I are sitting here at, during practice picking around on an acoustic and then immediately stopping when they start playing because it's time to pay attention, it's time yeah. to headbang. Yeah. And that kind of music that draws you in, and anybody that was hanging out with us on TikTok Live giving these guys compliments, thank you so fucking much. Because yeah, that thank means, you a lot. That means a ton to these guys. That means a ton to us as their, friend, as their friends and their supporters. And I've had so many people reach out to me, especially over the past week since episode you know two and three both dropped, say, man, I went and listened to these guys and they fucking jam. Thank you so much for that yeah. because this podcast is not just to to make everyone feel like they're a part of the metal brotherhood, but it's also you know to to show the world how fucking incredible these guys are at songwriting and and music craft and putting together songs that you can feel emotionally. So thank you so much to everybody that has given us a lot of positive interaction on 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 the absolutely. band. Absolutely, absolutely. So. Anything else to you add? You guys to have that anything piece? else to add on the practice um, piece? I got I got nothing else to add, man. I, hey, I appreciate guys... the uh the feedback on TikTok. I appreciate the feedback from from you two. We used to have people out at practice all the time and we haven't done that much in years. <clears throat> yeah. And it was it was pretty cool to have you guys out and I appreciate the feedback. When's the band playing next? April fifteenth. April fifteenth. Where at? Yeah, Tyler. Why don't you plug the show yeah. here a little bit? We got a lot of Ohio uh, uh, Ohio listeners, so let's plug that show. So and talk April fifteenth. Yeah. it is a benefit show for a local musician, and this is put to put together by my dad and some other who is also um, a musician. Yeah, yep. some dad. some local supporters of you know local music and. I don't know the people's names in particular because I don't remember anybody's names. You talking bands or the no? The so it was like fans saying, "Hey, you local, you local artists support 
so much in the community with benefit shows and charities, charity events and all this stuff, but no one really supports you guys. And there's a local musician um, that was really big on doing charity events and doing benefit shows, and he passed away. Uh, not going to get into the details as to how, but, you know, he passed away, and so they're wanting to do a benefit show for his family and to help support uh, local artists, and it's something they're wanting to do every year. Um, that asked us to play, and I was like, cool, let's do it. Yeah. It's going to be a good time, and we're we're going to uh, come out as a podcast, and we'll probably record a live episode before the show, and That'd hopefully awesome. we can interview uh, interview some bands that are going to be playing that night, and and just kind of have a good time. So be looking forward to that, you know, around that April fifteenth timeline. So um, again, you know this this podcast, we, you know, we created this for several reasons, and one of the biggest ones is being to support local music, right? To support that those those up and comers that are grinding their ass off and and working to get their music out there and show their creativity and their, their talent. So that's a huge part of what this podcast is. And that's a big part of what, you know, this benefit show is going to be about is supporting those local artists and, and, you know, trying to give a little bit back to them because guys like you, you know, you guys give a shit ton to the community and, and Fayette County and Southern Ohio is so thankful to you guys and, and bands like you. So um, I'm looking forward to that show. I can't wait for it. It's going to be a damn good time. There's going to be some great bands out there. Uh, High Alert, Crank, Screaming Evidence. That's going to be a fucking awesome night. So Where is it if you're in, it's out on Harmony Road. Okay. Yep. Um, if uh, if you're in uh, Southern Ohio or in Ohio or Kentucky or wherever, and y'all want to come out to a a good ass rock and metal show, let me know, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll get you the details on that. And also, I do want to say, in the essence of my TikTok no longer being just a personal TikTok. I changed my TikTok handle to reflect that. So I'm no longer at Smoke2013. 2013. I am at TSIS Podcast. So give me a follow on TikTok. Give us a follow on TikTok and, and come give us your feedback like you've been doing. So I just wanted to make sure I plugged that. So we've covered a lot there about the band and whatnot. And, and I want to want to go ahead and move forward so... You know, having Derek on the show as our first guest. First off, I hope you feel honored being the very Dude, first I guest am, on the show. I am extremely humble. <laughs> I can't tell you how humbling this is that you. I I feel like I kind of invited myself on because I texted you and was like, "This reminds me of like a couple years ago. We came to your apartment, me and you and Preston mm -hmm. drank bourbon and just jammed. We did. And by the end of the night, we were listening to fucking Nutshell by Allison oh. Chains. And when you guys are talking about that on the second or third episode, I was like, this is bullshit. We had the same conversation two years ago. And you're like, I need yeah. to be on this show. Yeah. And so I texted you and I was like, dude, that was awesome. It reminds me of that night. And then I can't remember if it was the next day or soon thereafter, you were like, I want you on. And I was like, oh, it shit. It was the next morning. I yeah. told you. I'm like, we want you on. I was like, dude, yeah. this is crazy. So just a little background on, on you know, Derek. You know, Derek and Preston and I have been the best of friends for a long fucking time. And, and Derek, you know, moved to our school when we were in like eighth grade and Derek came from a school that, you know, wasn't full of a bunch of people that kind of fit his mold, right? The, the metal heads, the, you know, he didn't have that a lot where he was coming from. And I'll never forget, you know, the first day of football practice, you walk into the locker room and we're blaring, you know, OG metal core, some fucking kill switch or something. You're like, yep, these are my fucking people. Yeah. 
Yeah, that. So that's where we'll start, I think, with my musical journey. Okay, and that's so, what we want to cover. Is, yeah, is because let's full disclosure. Derek is a musician too. Derek plays guitar, so yeah. you know we got four musicians sitting right here. So we're gonna we're gonna have a good fucking time tonight. Of Derek, all of all the ahead, musicians brother. that I know, and, and I'm definitely the least talented. So let's start there. <laughs> um, don't discredit yourself. Don't discredit my him. I yeah. uh, he is not. He's I, a way better acoustic guitar player than I am. So I had to think about long and hard where. That's what she said. Where I would start this. <laughs> this this guy's got jokes. <laughs> so, That's metal as fuck. That's metal as fuck. <laughs> so, and, and you guys kind of know my background, but yep. in order, I the think people in, need to know your In background. order to understand my musical journey, I think it's also important to understand my journey kind of as a person, you know? So, um,. I'm immediately heard, intrigued. You've yeah. heard. Re- Same. So, so that everyone else knows, I am not familiar. Yeah. With the story about to be told, um, I've I've met you a few times at shows, and I believe I talked to you once on Facebook about coming to your house yep. and Cutting chopping wood. down some wood. Like I need some, to get you some, out. Some men. Yep. Some because true men. there is nothing better than splitting fucking wood. Let I mean, it's the that. most That's manly metal. thing. It you is can the do. greatest thing in the fucking world. Yeah. Continue. But um, yeah, I'm really interested in so, hearing the story. Not to because it's. I don't want to get too deep into my background, but to be as brief as I possibly can. As a young kid, early on, I was one of those kids, like most people probably listening to this, who was angry and frustrated at the situation that they found themselves in. Whether it's, you know, financial or your parents or your friends or your peers or all those things combined together. And the one, for some reason... I've, it was like I was born with it, but that, that mentality that you've heard that like, be the hero of your own story. Like you're watching the movie or the book Mm -hmm. and and you're, and you're the hero. Okay. So at the same time, I realized very early on that if I wanted to do better for myself, I, it was like, it was going to be like moving a mountain. Yeah. So I, so I was always extremely motivated and I knew no matter what that, you know, I can, I could elevate myself out of my situation to, to, you know, reach new heights that weren't available for a lot of people that I grew up with or grew up around. And I had a lot of people in my corner to, to help me do that, but I was still angry and, and, and unsatisfied. And as I get older, I realize that for a lot of the wrong reasons, um, teenage angst. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Like, we probably all had every metalhead had yeah it. yeah like i'm sure so many people in the metal community had probably not the greatest relationship with their parents maybe as a kid it sure sounds yeah. like yeah. it in the music yeah. or at least yeah. one of them yeah yeah and i fucking hate my mom yeah yeah and and that kidding, was mom, and that you, was right? me and for zero reason whatsoever like as i get older i'm like well, i was such a dick you know that being said every good story if you're the hero of your story Every good story, every good movie has a soundtrack. And the soundtrack to <laughs> oh my. the soundtrack to my yes. success. This motherfucker was nervous listen. about coming on the pod and he's a fucking Drop natural. A Let's go. Jesus. The soundtrack to my success was metal. Fuck yeah. That's no. metal as it. fuck. That I, is the most listen, metal thing I've ever fucking heard. I, I, I was so nervous about sharing this story. I should talk to my wife about it and she's like, Yeah, that's kinda love cool. it. I just talked to my mom about it. My mom was like, 100%. She was like, that that, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think for, for me, 
Now, let's kind of fast forward. Um, I knew that if I want to go to college, that I had to get a scholarship. So I want to play football. I played football, and I trained 24-7 so that I could get a scholarship and go to college. I want to go to law school. I had no idea what that involved. And there, that whole time, all that training, all that time, there was a, an anthem. There was an anthem. There was a soundtrack. And metal provided the affirmation and the, the strength to make it through. And that, that's kind of the thing my mom added to it when I was talking to her about it just briefly was that it's, it, 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 the music that I listen to helps you make it through. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And there's so many times where I'm sure a lot of listeners have almost fallen off the wagon. The type of music we listen to, think about how many people commit suicide or Mm -hmm. harm themselves or harm other people. This music is what helps us get through those feelings. Yeah, bro. So (laughs) we are half an hour in and we're getting this deep, man. (laughs) So, so let's, so let's talk about the anthems and the soundtracks that fueled my journey. Love it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, bro. I was first. Pro, my music was always kind of important in our house. I don't want to say important, but always around. You know, my my sister is. I, was gonna say, I feel like you grew up in a talented. really musical yeah. family. You you my had to play, because the ear you already had yeah. for it. I could tell. My sister can play three or four instruments, and she taught herself how to play most of them. And she is great. She can sing. Uh, my brother can sing. Uh, my mom had singing lessons. Music and 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 what we listened to. And this was back before all the controversy. But we were introduced to Michael Jackson very early. Okay, beautiful. So we I love Michael huge Jackson. One of Jackson. the most talented people. Absolutely. Of all time. Now, what's what's even more ironic is that the guy didn't have the greatest relationship as a little kid. My what dad, dad. We, we yeah. kind of butted heads a little bit, but now we're best friends. And part of it is because he was a metalhead. Hmm. So he is big like Ozzy Sabbath. Yeah. That, that was that OG metal, metal like yeah. stuff. He was all about that. And, um, I remember one bonding moment, we're in the car driving on 38 and I remember it and I can see the hill we're driving over and we're listening to an Aussie song and he's belting it out and he turns, slows down, turns the volume down and he looks over at me and I'm definitely not old enough to know what the hell he's about to say. <laughs> and he goes, what the hell was Ozzy smoking when he wrote that song? <laughs> and then just cranks it back up and I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I'm fucking eight years old. Man. <laughs> yeah. Eight years old, man. Yeah, but it, but like, there's no denying that we had the same taste in music, you know. Because I I love Ozzy, I love Zeppelin, I love yep. all those like old metal bands that you know. I'm not a big hair band fan, sure. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But so music was always around in our house. You know, we always listened to rock. Was always played. I'm the youngest of uh, my generation on my mom's side of the family, and they were all in high school in the '90s. So mm. every family function was grunge music. Yep. All oh, Tyler's. 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 Yep. Tyler's. Yeah. Tyler's yeah. 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 Grunge stuff. <laughs> I can. I can. I can see my the cousins in the garage playing grunge music. Yeah. You know, and um, my brother and sister are four years older than me, so. That grunge, post-grunge stuff was always played yeah. around us. For sure. And I remember the first, like, real new rock CD we ever got, and it was just as I'm starting to kind of branch away from the 
more pop stuff that my mom would listen to. Mm-hmm. And it was Drowning Pool, Center. Center. Oh, whoo! What a fucking, yeah, fucking OG album. metal album, my dude. God. Oh, my God. Drowning Pool, Center. And then Everybody I think, listening, oh. you need to go back and re-listen go back. to Center. It's timeless. If timeless you got classics. any shit to talk about that album. We'll fight. Yeah. We'll fight. Uh, what's it adding? Dude, and it we'll is fight. it is up and down. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. A, a complete album. We yep. had that, we had that on CD in the locker room, bro. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Oh yeah. I will fight a mountain over that song. Oh, yeah. over that album. It's a no skip album. album. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Raise yes. your hand if you're a sinner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little foreshadowing there. Now I want to go listen to fucking sin. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. And I heard the I heard the radio station be brought up, but at that point in time, the only rock we had well, one. No, that's not true. Well, no, we had where two. I lived, where we I had ninety six point three two, but it was like well, that, classic there's rock. that. But one hundred three nine X out of Dayton. Oh, okay. okay. Remember that? I do not. Yeah. No, you can pick do. it up in certain spots. I could get it in my old ninety two Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you had to be driving out of the zip code <clears> to pick it up when you're still in cross. But if you were yeah. going across the turn on, you wouldn't be getting it. Uh, they had the X Fest shows back in the day out yes. there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yes. So it was it was classic rock kind of shit. Eagles, all you had, shit like that. Well, all you had in our area was nine nine seven. Yep, that was so it. That's all you listened to. Do and you remember was, when it went to the rock for a minute and it that was really bad? Sucked yep. So bad. <laughs> they went from metal to but classic rock and it was I like, quit listening to it yeah, for a long it was time. Horrible. And then yeah, they came bad. back and they it came was back. like Thank God. Yeah. Oh my god. Thank you but for that, metal that, music. This was this was pre internet. It was. I mean, well, internet was around, but like it was pre smartphones, it was pre Social media. So the only, the only like, music yeah. that we were really exposed to was what was on nine nine seven the Blitz. Yep. So then, when when I'm in like middle school and elementary school, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a, like I like rock music and I like metal music. Where I grew up before I moved to Washington Courthouse, Miami Trace, Fayette County, there were no other kids really, but but one or two yeah. who listened to the same new rock, new metal. What 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 some people might refer to as butt rock? Yeah, dad rock, divorce yeah, dad rock. rock. We mentioned it before yeah. on the show. Yeah, yep. I'm yep. a big butt rock guy. Uh, <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> if you're not, you're fucking lying. Not you're a liar, and I'm calling you. We play nothing but rock. <laughs> nothing but rock. Here's so, the Magic Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that's, some Coldplay. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That is. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> well, we play the I heaviest think, shit you've ever heard. Here's Coldplay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yellow think. comes on and I start crying. Yeah. Enjoy some train. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Derek. I could, I'm sorry. I can think of one guy who listened to, like, Disturbed. Yeah. And yeah. Five Finger Death Punch. Yep. Yeah. And... Just, you're Benjamin. talking from where you, you yeah, came yeah. from. Before and you and came this is us. like this. You got to understand. This is like 2005 to 2009. Mm-hmm. So because I think we we're freshmen around 2009. We were mm-hmm. freshmen in 2009. Yeah. Yeah. So you came. You came to courthouse in the summer of 2000. Yeah. So there, there was like a particular amount of angst that I had already, mm-hmm. and then being like the only what I would consider like kind of metalhead, or one of two, you know, you're already kind of feeling a little outcasted in yeah. comparison. Or like, it just fuels those reasons you like the metal already. Like everyone else is fucked up, or the yep. world around me is screwed up or broken, and I need to fix or I need to reflect on it. Or like mm-hmm. this music helps me understand that feeling where I, I feel like maybe 
things around me aren't right or mm-hmm. screwed up or these people are wrong or I don't fit in. It those helps kind of express thoughts. those feelings you have trouble expressing. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's what drew a lot of us to this genre exactly. of music, right? Yep. Because it was it was the angst that a lot yep. of and I think that's why bands like Nirvana, for example, were so popular is because so many people could relate to the angst yep. and the the I think Derek you just said <clears throat> it, the feeling of not fitting in. Everybody is different than me. Yep. I am pissed off at the world or whatever the emotion might be, you were able to let that go and express that through listening to this genre of music. Yeah. And for me, it probably didn't even look like that on the outside. Like it probably, it probably didn't look like mm -hmm. I was, I had that kind of thought going through my head because I was like the jock. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's how people looked at me. And I did, bro. We've seen you in a weight room. Yeah. Yes. I did okay in school. I, I I was, you know, played sports, but I feel like I identified more with somebody who would wear the metalcore band yep. shirt to school. And I hope that those people looked at me as like, oh, this is one of our boys too. You know, maybe, maybe not. I don't. We know. did as yeah. as fellow te- as teammates, right? <clears throat> yeah. And you know, because we talked about this before the show. You know, when we were coming up through school and, and, you know, playing football and all that, we were vastly, if you polled the team, 75 to 80% of the team were a bunch of metalheads, right? And here's, yep. here's why I think metal in particular is not as refined. If I listen to a really refined metal song, there's almost something that turns me off to it. Sure. The grittiness is what makes it. Is what Raw. makes it like powerful guy. for me. Okay. Norma Jean, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I live in Dayton. Dayton is the grittiest city in Ohio. I yes, think. it is. One hundred percent. And I love it. Not, not in a bad way. Either. <clears throat> There's in, much worse. <laughs> <than> <laughs> <I know. laughs> no, it's in a bad way. <laughs> it's too. in a bad way. Cleveland bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's pretty bad. Dude, Dayton's rough but, now, dude. I know. I got. But there's yeah, something. Good. There's something refreshing about that grittiness that I like, and that's that's a little Detroit. That's Fayette County. Yeah. yeah, it's it different is. from any like Washington yep. Courthouse is different from a lot of small towns because there's a different level of gritty here, and and for yep. better or for worse, dude. If you go down, if you go twenty to twenty five minutes down the road to Hillsborough, there is not the metal scene, the rock scene no. that there is here. Mm-hmm. No, or at if you all. Go, if you're up by me and you're in like Tip City or Troy or Greenville, yeah, it's like it's completely. You have to go different. to Cedarville to get to a metal scene. Yeah, yeah. So there's just not yeah. something there's about not, like. Washington Courthouse, Jeffersonville, Jamestown, Fayette County, and there's a yeah. grittiness to it. It's and grit. I think it, I think it's being poor country. Like it's when fair. You're, when you're, and, and I'm sure that there, I'm sure that. Well, I'm a big like Childers fan, so uh, we the, all. I think we all yeah, are yep. like, <laughs> big when get, <laughs> when you get like when you get like that kind of uh, more like honest bluegrass Appalachia yep. music. There's the same level of grittiness that you find in rock music. There's a different amount of self-reflective sincerity that's just not there in other styles of music. Mm-hmm. That's what attracts me to rock music and to metal, and that's why it was always the anthem behind the story. So awesome for me. So when I moved, so at this point we've gotten through my new rock phase. Mm-hmm. My favorite band at that point in time is Stained. 
Yeah. And it's oh, the early fuck stains. Yes. It's early stains. Early, early stains. Fucking mud shovel. Shit. Angry mud Aaron shovel. Lewis. Oh my god, he was mad. Angry Aaron Lewis. And He's still mad. He's just mad at his fans now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Aaron Lewis is is probably my favorite artist of all time. Uh just because it was formational for me as like a young a young He kid. encapsulated exactly yeah. how you felt. Yeah, it was ever that that whole early album with I can't remember what the name of the album was, but with like Mud Shovel. Dysfunction. Um, dysfunction. dysfunction yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Songs, that motherfucking album was on so repeat in my car. It, it was so like it, yeah. yeah. It was it's like it said raw, everything I wanted to say. Unrefined, just pissed off. It's, yeah. Tyler, you relate to that stuff. <clears throat> I loved Stained. Yeah. But that album in particular is so so close to the reason why you like Norma Jean. Yeah. It's yeah. that raw, yeah. piss the fuck off Stain, of Stained is one of those bands that helped me understand what the music industry will do to bands. Yeah. Because when you look at their later albums. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they... the. You know, it got to a point where and I labels that, and stuff were pushing them to be more radio friendly. More ma- mainstream. They were great and at that as well. Yeah, they they, they were amazing yeah, yeah. at that. They killed it too, yeah. <clears throat> but then, Stained was one of the first bands out of that whole butt rock genre that went back Put that to being out. fucking... Yep. Heavy as shit. Yep. That last album. That last album they put <laughs> out. That was. You know, I, you hear people. Say, I know. Oh, it's that. it's like their yeah. old stuff. Yeah, I you know. know. Exactly. You remember us having that exact yep. conversation. I mean, we had that was like what junior, senior year of high school, maybe. When sounds that about out. right. Yeah. So that happened, and then Chevelle went back to being yeah. fucking fuck. heavy yep. as shit. Their last couple of albums have just been. So did Breaking Ugh. Benjamin, and yeah. we talked about. And then Breaking week. Benjamin yeah, came around yeah. and put that last album out, and Amber. it was. You can't take the metal Filthy. out of those boys. No. You and can't so, take it out of them. It just proved that these bands were able to be dirty as fuck and heavy as yeah. fuck and still succeed and essentially prove the industry wrong. So mm-hmm. it's all about being a chameleon, right? And and I'm kind of in sales. You guys are in sales. It you have to be a chameleon, right? You have to blend to your customer. Being a musician is no fucking different if you want to be successful in a way. And bands like Stained and Breaking Benjamin and Chevelle and... Three Days Grace did it. Three Days Grace did it. Three Doors Down did it. Get Pissed at Me If You Want. Godsmack did it. Yeah. Mudvayne did it. Puddle of Mud did it. A a lot of those bands... Early Mudvayne. Early Mudvayne. Jack! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... A lot of those bands were able to be chameleons and blend to what would make them successful at that very point in time, but few of them. Just so liked. they had the financial freedom of being able to go back to what they like. You just led my, you led oh, me right um, to my point. No, 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 oh, no, 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 You led me to the point. Yeah. Thank Preston, you. Preston's like, I'm going to put the words in your mouth. Uh, he did. I feel like, because you had bands I like. I feel what you feel. You, you know had I mean? bands like yeah. Stained and Breaking Benjamin and Chevelle. They were able to go back to their original sound and be like, we are a fucking metal band and we're going to yep. rip your face off. Yeah. And make great, raw, angry music again 12 years later. I think at one point in time, Stained or somebody put a YouTube video together or or something about how, like, people would go to Stained concerts and expect to hear all the, like, lovey-dovey radio songs. And then they would play, like, uh, Mud Shovel. Shovel. And you're like, who the fuck are these guys? 
It's a metal right. band. Ah. Yeah. Oh my god! I heard you on on ninety seven point one. Yeah. I want to hear. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Tell I me, please. Fucking love that hey, song. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's a, I like it's a it. Damn I like great it. song. It is really hard to play and sing. It's also hey, I not would, much. I would level. trade. I would trade every single true. song like that though for another round of, of dysfunction. Dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and we kind of did because I mean, you're we a metal. Didn't trade it. We just had to suffer through. You're it. not. You're not. You're not the average twenty-eight year old white girl that that yeah. is listening to a stained album. Going, yeah. If I want to oh listen to Taylor God. Swift, I'll get a Taylor Swift album. Aaron, play some fucking metal. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Shade, shades of Gray was. Shades it was, was really good. good. Was it Thirteen yeah. Shades of Gray or yeah. just Shades of Gray? No, Shades of Shades Gray. Of gray. Yeah. Okay. You're thinking yeah. Twelve Shades. Yeah. Of gray. I don't know, yeah. but uh, <laughs> BDS <laughs> album, bro. <laughs> Dude, listen. I'm gonna <laughs> tell an embarrassing story, not music related. Uh, oh, we're rambling. <laughs> we're rambling. <laughs> when I was like, I don't know, seventeen, my dumbass thought BDSM stood for Big Dick Small Mouth. <laughs> Continue uh, on to the music. Damn. I can just imagine I'm the sorry, look on Mom. your face. I was like, what the fuck when is BDSM? That the is that hub? big dick, small mouth, God bro? This, this dude looking on Pornhub oh. trying to find some tiny mouse to make his dick look yeah. big. Well, this well, podcast just took a different direction. It did. So, But anyway, so anyway that, that quote-unquote butt rock, the butt rock was the bridge for a lot of us from... The grunge and post-grunge yeah. era, or post-hardcore era, like Pantera, shit yeah. like that, to metalcore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was so much of that. So the first... So for me, it was it was a, a geographical problem. Like, when I moved to Miami Trace, and we were talking about this earlier, when I moved here, I walk into the locker room, and it was the second time I would ever heard a Kill Switch Engage song. Beautiful. Or, or we're playing a day to remember. Yeah. And that became Crap one of my core. favorite bands ever. And, mm-hmm. and you felt um, like you felt at home. One right? of, one of the, uh, oh my gosh, I couldn't tell you how many bands it was like immediate. And I was like, these are my people. What was that song? I think it was, it was by a band called Underdog. It was, uh, uh I know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, you're not thinking of a 12 Stone song. I know. Yeah, it was yeah, it's it's a 12, twelve stone song okay. off the album Underdog. Yeah, yeah, adrenaline. Yeah, adrenaline. adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We that was like our walkout the, yeah, song that would on be Friday like, nights. Now, bro. now a band like Twelve Stones would be the furthest you could get away from the radio back in back like in two thousand nine. Yeah. yeah, it'd be yeah. like that that's as far as I could venture out. Twelve Stones yeah. wasn't on the radio, yeah. bro. No, they weren't. Twelve Stones, like Evans Blue. But Rise Against was, which yeah. is Bro, I am bands- so glad you mentioned Evans Blue because that <laughs> that album, what is it, something the cover is I like know a chicken butterfly album. Yeah, 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 Preston yeah. has his phone. That album <clears throat> was amazing. Well, but you wouldn't hear it on the radio. Amazing. Right? No, it was it was awesome. That That's was the, the shit I was listening to back then. When we were in high school, right? Yeah. We were, and I I know that the constant stereotype of metalheads and rock fans is rebellious, right? And I don't know that we were trying to be rebellious. It's just that yeah. we didn't give a fuck about what was on the radio at that time. Like yeah. we were just jamming shit that we could well, relate to that let us express our our teenage angst. Yeah. yeah, and bands like that, like Twelve Stones, like uh, Drowning yeah. Pool, like we're even Lincoln to... Park, like yeah. like that's the stuff I was listening to. Yeah, dude, yeah. you were we jamming were too. and we smile, were too. smile, Bro, empty, smile soul. empty soul. Yes, amazing. Oh, Bro, here's, we were jamming shit happened. like Incubus back then. Oh yeah. yeah, here's what happened for me is that I come and I'm introduced. Like it's like I get hit by this truck of 
metal and metal core by these crazy kids, these random crazy kids with yep. fucking tattoos when they're 12 years old and everybody's <laughs> everybody's nuts and the whole place is dipping and <laughs> yeah. every, you remember like, the dip shoe oh my god disgusting <laughs> but but um what it did for me was one give me a community that i didn't have before and yeah, that's why i like this podcast we'll come back to that segment but um <laughs> It gave me a community of friends I didn't have before that I could share my music with that like I wouldn't like I would never go over to my buddy's house and be like, Bro, dude, check out this new Yeah Alta Bridge song or check out this new A Day yep. to Remember song. They'd be like, Shut that off and play whatever country music bullshit's or, on the radio. Yeah, yeah. And it was like every day. Every day I could rely on Preston or Kyler or freaking Hoover introducing yep. me to the Crab Core stuff. Yep. Crab Core, bro. Hell yeah. yeah. Attack, attack, my guy. And Trey and all, yep. all of our buddies, like, we would, we would be like, oh, dude, check this out. Check this out. Check this out. I got to get some skinny jeans. Now. Oh, dude. Yeah, you need some and, Chuck Taylors and some skinny well, jeans. Well, Derek bro. has a way with words, and he'll make you feel that yeah. way. So. Well, um, full disclosure, he's a fucking lawyer. So <laughs> that's why he – and we'll get into that in a bit. But So, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But um, – <laughs> The evolution of music that I feel like we had between like 2009 to 2013 was wild. It was huge. It was so mm-hmm. big. It went, and we we kind of touched on this just in conversation earlier, but it went from like this this radio friendly American metal metalcore that mm-hmm. we knew, like you would hear Killswitch on the radio sometimes. Five Finger was still yep. Five Finger. Heavy. They were still heavy like, back then. It wasn't just Ivan Moody writing songs about being a sellout and, and yep. being angry about it. Like it was real <laughs> songs like Way like of the that. Fist. Way That's of the Fist. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All that remains was always great. And they had some awesome albums come out during oh that time. Oh my god. We were Absolutely. the Fall of Ideals oh, and uh that was, Overcome. That was Overcome. the first concert. Overcome. The first concert press we ever went to. At the fucking yeah. uh Newport in Columbus. Yeah, yep. So was, yeah, because you that. had you had the fall of ideals and overcome come out between 2006 and 2008 yeah. or yep. 2009, and, and they played I mean every song for twenty dollars. They yeah. played every song yep. on their set list, it, but uh, it was inspiring. We but the thing is, is we could bounce from because it it was all, it all created the same feeling, right? If you heard a Lincoln Park song or a Disturbed song, and then you went straight to something off like Six from the Fall of yeah. Ideals yeah. Or, yep. or two weeks off of Overcome. Like, you felt the same emotions. Rest in peace, Ollie. Rest in peace, Ollie. Oh, yep. man, yeah. Rest yep. in peace. R.I.P. Ollie. R.I.P. Chester, yeah. too. Dude, Lincoln Park. For me, it was it was music in the gym. That's really – it was music in the gym and then music to jam in the Jeep on the way home, still angry. Yeah. The, uh, the, the pine green Jeep Cherokee Dude, that we running. literally had so many fucking good oh, times. It's still going. It's probably got 300,000 miles on it. Wow. Dude, that thing – you remember when we put a uh, snorkel kit on that? And we tended the windows on it ourselves. You remember that? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know why you don't remember that, but we won't talk about that on the pod. Uh, There's a reason Derek doesn't remember that. I remember, I remember one time, I can't remember who I was with us, but uh, a buddy of ours named Jake pulled a parking, pulled a tall parking cone through the window. <laughs> and that, that parking cone is still in my parents' shed. Shout out, Jake Oh, Ole. my God. Shout out, Jake Ole. I We, we got to get in touch. We ought to get him then, as a fucking guest Then on one time, I remember it being like a... Like a either Thursday or Friday night before a football game, and I swear to God, half the football team was in that Jeep, mm-hmm. and we unloaded at like a Giovanni's Pizza or something, and it was like it was usually Giovanni's people. or Burger King. Bur- yeah, Burger King. Yeah, but uh, 
So yeah, back to your back to your original yeah. point in regards so to it was, uh, it was, twenty uh, what years? Yeah, 20, it was, like oh eight, oh nine. Yeah, through that 13. was the best music to train to, and it that's was. all Absolutely. I did. That's all I did. because all those OG metalcore bands yeah. of Mice and Men, We Came as Romans, Memphis May Fire, they were all. I mean, Challenger. What was the the We Came as Romans album? <clears throat> Understanding what we've grown to be, or maybe it was before those that. To plant a seed. To plant a seed. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, of Mice and Men was dropping their shit that was just. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. So you had some of the best and most influential metalcore albums dropping at that time, yeah. and, and a big change from what it was before. It yeah. was because you went from that five, seven, eight crabcore to multi-dimensional metalcore, right? Dude, so we were are, growing. There are we came as Roman songs that could transport you to another dimension, mm-hmm. especially off to Planet C. Like yep. and and Tyler, for me, you can probably attest to that. I beat some of those songs mm-hmm. so bad to death in the gym that if I listen to certain All That Remains or We Came as Roman yep. songs, I get sick to my stomach because it reminds me of yep. all those fucking like medicine ball throwing deadlift <laughs> and power clean and workouts. PR days. Yeah, that I would that yep. I would try to kill myself. Just to just to get to that next level, but it was always that anthem. Full yeah. disclosure: When Derek moved to our school, we were slightly afraid of him because he was a lot bigger than us and was <laughs> yelling when he was lifting. Yeah, he would walk up to the weight rack and go, "Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah." And there's some <laughs> heavy metal playing. And, metal and, is fucked. And he's long fucking clean. <laughs> oh yeah, long hair and which I mean, I had long hair too, but. Yeah. Not as long as Derek's, and Derek was just raging, and he was like a foot taller than all of us at that time, and I'm like... Two foot taller I don't want to fuck with this dude, <laughs> because one, he's a metalhead, like us, but two, he's like twice our size, so I'm just going to go ahead and take her easy. Yeah. But that, that music is what motivated me through all of the challenges. And then, if you're a real metal fan, you'll understand what you guys talked about on the podcast last time. Heavy is a, a feeling, a feeling not yep. a sound. Shout out Tyler. So I can't that tell was you, the best yeah. heavy metal hot take we've had. I can't Absolutely. tell you how many times like I had a bad day as a as a kid, or maybe things aren't going the way, or maybe I'm I'm growing impatient mm-hmm. because things just don't move fast enough. You know, you can't pull yourself out of your situation fast enough. And those metal songs I can still hear with the windows down in the Jeep on the way home, not wanting to go home or not wanting to, you know, do whatever. Yep. And still getting me through that day. Yep. That, uh, so then, I leave you guys and go to college. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole nether level of metalheads out there yep. because I'm with guys from all across the country. And it was the first time I ever met a black guy who liked metal. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? First of all, there's like, it's just not, it's not common. It's not as common. And, no. and, you know, to to not be like that guy, but there needs to be a little more diversity in metal. There does, and, yep. and I'll tell you, even why. though there's and a I ton think it's already, cultural. Listen, it's like, cultural. It's a stigma. Preston towards and I, metalheads. especially, yep. like, have gotten into a lot black, like African American frontmen, like vocalists in metal are some of the fucking yeah. filthiest dudes Absolute. out there. Oh, you guys just yeah. listened to an awesome one recently yeah fire from the gods is one of my and aj from fire from the gods we just saw them in concert by the way but like especially aj for me because he incorporates rap into a lot of what they do and not not many of them i'm not saying they all do but aj does like he incorporates hip-hop into metalcore 
And it is so fucking awesome because I know that the three of us, you know, me, Tyler, and Preston sitting here, I think, Derek, you probably agree, too. I love those guys. Any kind of hip-hop and metal is fucking sweet. It's pretty damn cool. Sean does some of that shit. So where you incorporate? Do you guys the listen song. to the yeah. song, mommy song? Well, when you, we were, you guys were talking about Limp Biscuit the, the other week. <clears throat> yep. I was getting uh, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Limp so legit. Go ahead. I had never really listened to Fire from the Gods, um, but like, do you guys listen to like Nonpoint or Seven Love Dust? Seven Dust. Dust. Yep. Who doesn't? If oh, you listen, that's, a, that's another listen, one of those bands back in the day that yes. weren't on the Dude, radio. If you're an OG been. fucking metalhead from the early yeah. 2000s, you banged Seven Dust. Yep. Yeah, they should have been on the radio. Shout out my cousin Dustin because my cousin Dustin got me into Seven Dust. Straight up. And Godsmack. And I like Nonpoint a little more than I like Seven Dust, but Seven you Dust. You have to help me really, out with that one because uh, I'm not nearly as familiar with Nonpoint. You know who Nonpoint well, is. I know, I know who they are. They have the one song Bad Day that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, oh, man. Well, something interesting happened to us when we're in high school, too, and that's the advent of, like, music on the Internet that you can stream 24-7. You don't have to buy songs anymore all the time. Because we were you buying fucking. You can shuffle stuff. Yeah, yeah, iTunes we, we cards, buy whole bro. CDs or iTunes cards or whatever. All we ever listened mm-hmm. to was CDs. You, yeah. Derek, you personally burnt me, like, 15 fucking CDs, bro. Yeah, I remember Like, you that. were my personal CD burner. You would make me mixtapes. All I would be like, bro, I want this, 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 and this. And you would go and burn me a CD and have it like within the week. And I'm like, this is the epitome of technology, yeah. <laughs> dude. I had I had all kinds of CDs burnt throughout the years. Like you know, it would always be stuff to to throw in the the gym locker room. Derek was the OG CD burner mm-hmm. because when we were in the locker room, we would tip. We had a big ass stereo. System, you know how right? I do it though. I I we got CDs from the library all the time. How many people listen to the show? Do you think have burnt CDs or listen to burnt CDs? We reach a, cra- a crowd that is closer to our generation. That's oh, right yeah. around that age of yeah, you know, twenty six yeah. to thirty, and I feel like most of our generation grew up on burnt CDs. Yeah, right? I think a lot of us have forgotten where we started. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I've like we'll get, I'll get mad Streaming as fuck. Is so easy nowadays. I'll get mad as fuck when my iTunes or my Apple or Music doesn't crashed. play. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, "Fuck you, motherfucker!" And then I'm like, "Wait, I remember back when I had to fish through my back seat, riding eighty down the highway, <laughs> trying to find my CD case, so then I can." Be a completely distracted d- driver once more and try to change the CD while also looking through my CD book to figure out which CD I was going to pop into the CD player. But by the way, my car didn't have a CD player. I had a portable Walkman that I I ran through. Look, it had a tape player. Yeah, and you yeah. had that tape, yes, that, that tape thing yes. that would, would go into the because tape. Because don't even have tape players anymore. Yeah, it would have that tape thing, and then it had a cord attached to it, so it was like an aux cord. And so I ran my CD player Walkman through that, and that's how I was I was listening to music in my car. And it was the, some of the most dangerous shit. Oh, yeah. In the world, and I was in high school. Just that was what I was rocking, and I should have. It was died. in the passenger seat. You just click. You got the button memorized. Yeah, yeah. You're just clicking it. To Heaven forbid you hit a bump. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I gotta start the song over. Hey man, I had a Chrysler LHS. Man, that oh, thing God. that it was, was smooth. smooth as fuck. <laughs> I had no skips. That's hilarious. We talk about no skip albums. Nothing skips. <laughs> well, 
Because I, I couldn't reach the button. I think the internet, <laughs> the internet, and those like streaming platforms that were just starting out when we were still com- right coming out of high school mm-hmm. changed music. I think forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because it, it made bands like Evans Blue pop up on your shuffle. That never. Yeah. W- you that, never. That, that never similar artist tab, right? Yeah. You would have never heard that. So so us ending high school, heading into our, you know early 20s college years were introduced to i think uh, an amount of music that we just weren't either weren't ready for or weren't used to and hell yeah it was awesome like going like being able to go to college and and i i i uh i have a degree in political science philosophy and uh, minors in philosophy and economics political science major and all i did was read books in college but i can't read in silence I, I so have I a listen. degree in you agronomy listen. and a minor in horticulture. Yeah. Well, so. all I did was <laughs> listen to music while reading ancient philosophy. That's wild. And then it, I went to a religious school, so we had to take all kinds of Bible classes and stuff. So I, I would be listening to metal, writing my Old Testament notebook down that we had to do and turn in later. That Derek, day. let's be fully transparent here and say that, and we'll, we'll dive into your profession a little more here in a little bit, but. You had Division One offers to go play football and turn them down to go to a law school to chase your passion for your career. Well, so I want to commend you for that because I know that's not music related, but yeah. you're talking about your, your musical growth and development through college. Yeah. You, you you could have gone and played Division One college football and chose not big time Division One college football and chose not to to go chase a passion. Well, so I commend part you. For of that. It, part of it was timing of injuries. That's probably the yeah. bigger thing. Timing of injuries really screwed me up. But um, what I wanted to do was play for money. So yeah. I, I went to the school that gave me the most money, gave me the most opportunity to get more money. Malone University. Yeah. So that's the bigger the bigger point. And my wife constantly reminds me that if I didn't go there, that we would have never met. And tell her that I'd be fine with that. Bro, his wedding really was a blast. <laughs> his wedding was a blast. Oh, oh, not. Was a blast. I don't remember much of it, but it was a good time. Well, um, I had a couple good roommates in college, too, that I could jam with. So, Trip, you better listen to this. I'm going to send it to you. I'm What's up, Trip? Uh, he, was in, he was in my wedding. Um, he just liked everything. He's like a big old uh, Mississippi Country bumpkin, or no, I think he's a golf shore guy. Like, you know, okay. like, like think about like that kind of, kind of almost, uh, Cajun's probably not the right word, but he might get offended by that because he's on the Mississippi, Creole. Alabama side. <laughs> yeah. Deep so, South. But he loved rock music. We would jam to Creed all the time. Cool. He would come in, I'd be listening to some softer, more acoustic set stuff, or like they used to do those MTV Unplugged or whatever. Oh, yeah. Sets, oh, you know, my God. All those guys. And yep. Trip would come in and be like, "Damn, you're in your feels today." And I'd be like, "Every day, dude." <laughs> and then he and I got into deep into this like second wave of punk pop. Oh, yeah. So, so give the listeners some examples of that. Neck deep, state champs. Yes, oh, state champs. Let's yeah. go. State I fucking champ, dude. Bro. I love those type of bands because they added an element to the punk pop that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that element is closer to Midwest emo. What do you think about Sayosin? Oh, they're good. That first that yeah. first album, that self titled, oh, yeah. is literally some of the best choruses I have ever heard 
in my life, if I was going to say top five albums based on courses Why do I think of them? It would be there. Why is it when I think of Sayosin, I think of Red Jumpsuit Apparatus? I I see where you're coming from. You get where I'm coming from? Am I crazy? somewhat similar, I I suppose. I have a playlist that I call Shredded Gnar. And it is that... Shredded Gnar. it's (laughs) It's that second kind of punk pop wave where it's like, Neck Deep, State Tune, those guys. Yep. And it was what I listened to when I would be, when I, when I, my first job, I'd be driving a lot. Mm-hmm. That's what I listened to on the highway, driving across the fucking country. Fuck everywhere. yeah. And it was just like. It's kind of good mood too. It, it is. It, it's a vibe. It's that, it's with that like second wave of punk pop and the Midwest emo vibes that they had that weren't there in like Blink. Don't get me wrong. I like Blink. Yeah. I like all that original punk pop stuff. 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah, but it's like. That's closer to party music, and I'm gonna exactly. come, I'm, I'm gonna come back. It's some to of the it. best party music yeah, ever. Yeah, that's true. But it's yeah. like that was like more popular. Something you would listen to party closer to to the feelings that I would con- like attribute to like hair metal. Yeah, I'm not a big hair metal fan. Like a party because, feel. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a party. I got gotcha. you. Yep. So one band that I like from I would kind of lump into that genre a little bit is called In Her Own Words. Okay. Yeah, that band right there is is probably my favorite. From that whole genre, there's a few others that I really like. I need to. You know, the other band that had that similar feel, but I'm assuming would have been years later, was Sleeping with Sirens. Because Kellen Quinn's voice, yeah, because they're earlier. Sleeping with Sirens, they would be earlier. Okay, no, no, no. So Sleeping with Sirens got got started earlier, but so when you think of Sleeping with Sirens, right, you, you typically associate them. More towards that metalcore side because Kellen does yeah, scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that punk old has a lot of unclean vocals. That's too. another bro. Band. If you go back and listen to like the fucking Sex Pistols, yeah, they still like that dude would like. Yeah, back then they didn't call it screaming; it was like a screech, a yell, a yell. Yeah. 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 So uh, metalcore, right? It is punk, and the new wave of American heavy metal yeah. is what metalcore is. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. A band like Sleeping with Sirens that has some metalcore roots, but still makes fun and jumpy songs mm-hmm. is a great. That's a fucking fantastic example out of you. Yeah, I love Sleeping with Sirens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And Derek, do you like them too? Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I, I personally love bands like that, and I like. I'm weird, I guess. I like bands that have. That are in that vibe of punk slash yeah. metalcore that have vocalists that can hit that real high pitch yeah. shit. Yeah. So maybe that's why I love Bad Omens is because, like, if you listen to Bad Omens album that came out in 2016 that had like Dethrone and and all that shit on it that was straight up metalcore, and then you listen to the new album that is has some techno, has some synth, has some mm-hmm. uh, really touchy feely shit. It's completely different, but I vibe to that because I love uber-talented vocalists. Guys like Noah Sebastian from Bad Omens, Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens. There's so many of uh, uh, Tillian from Dance Gavin Dance. Mm -hmm. DGD created almost their own genre of metal, right? And I I am drawn to bands like that because of their versatility. And their ability to do so many different things. And Derek, a lot yeah. of those bands that you just mentioned yeah. did a lot of that. And I personally feel like those bands are much more unique than those cookie cutter metalcore bands, right? And I'm not I'm not talking negatively about bands like Memphis Mayfire, Weekend's Rooms, 
fit for a king, whatever it might yeah. be, because they make great music, but a lot of it is very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have bands like Supermore Sirens, Dance Gavin Dance, Day Seeker, even though their last album wasn't very good. But bands like that that are that are kind of breaking the mold and doing their own thing. And they all have one thing in common, and, and that's a super talented front man, right? That has yeah. these yes. operatic type vocals that they can, that their range is huge. And they're able to do so many different yeah. things vocally, and it draws me personally in. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big lyrics guy, and this is what's interesting about me and Preston being friends, is if you know Preston... Uh, back in the day, he did not give a shit what the lyrics had to say. Dude, I he said still no doesn't. Yeah, I don't. I do not give a shit. And me, I'm like, good lyrics can overcome bad music for me. Yeah. But when yep. when Preston and I find songs that we both like, that's how you know this genre it's a good, is. It's a good song. Like this genre is just different. It's got that depth that a guy yep. like Preston, who's not listened to the lyrics or who's not as moved by the lyrics as I might be, mm-hmm. and then me, who's not listened to the music at that point in time, might not, not as much as, as you are now. Yeah, now yep. I think my tastes have evolved and developed. Because and that, you're a musician. Well, it, there's that, but yeah. it takes me to my next step. I was kind of out of metal for a little while. Like my addition of new metal music, newer, and not like NU metal, but yeah, new, newer. new to me metal music, was kind of non-existent for a few years there. And then Preston starts introducing me to bands like Polaris and Periphery. And the one that really got me back into metal is Novelist. Beautiful. Oh my God. It's, well, old, old novelist when they still <laughs> yeah. had Jinx. The new, it, to me, is horrible. I, I, but I, I, old I don't mind. Old old novelist. When they still had... Um, oh, Mateo. Mateo. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. But, I, but as I said earlier, I grew up in a house with my sister playing clarinet all the time. She can play piano. She yep. plays saxophone. So when I hear a, a band, and even old, we came as Romans, we'll have yep. piano in it occasionally. Yep. But when I hear a metal band that tries to incorporate techniques and classical instruments music. from classical music, that is the most exciting thing to me because it just adds another level, another layer. And you got to understand that you know we're living in a time where all music, almost all music has words to it. I think I think there's actually a lot of people on the internet who are writing good stuff on the guitar that's never going to have words put lyrics to it. it yeah. But back in the day, I mean, you would write whatever freaking symphony, and people go out in the street and riot, like yeah. in, in like <laughs> in like medieval times. They're like, right. damn, Bach wrote some banging shit. We got to go burn the church down, you know. <laughs> so it all crazy? goes back. Yeah. Beethoven going yeah. to get a pit going, baby. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. So 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 Vivaldi just dropped an absolute Dude, so, fucking jam. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, it's that's hilarious why everybody had stink that. face back then. Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious that you say Vivaldi because between Vivaldi and metal, that's what got me through law school and college. You do realize that Vivaldi is metal. <laughs> is metal, right? Yeah. Okay, so Vivaldi <laughs> or metal is metal is, is Vivaldi. Yeah, yeah. So if you go back to somebody like Vivaldi, fuck. Harps, <laughs> that's that it, wrong. it is metal. Dude, it really is, dude. Vivaldi on a harpsichord playing at two or three times the tempo that yeah. most folks were playing back then. And, you know, when, when most of the composers moved to a piano, you know, guys like Vivaldi were still playing on a harpsichord. Yeah. And because it, you, it had that raw sound to it, and, we're, boy, we're really going down a rabbit hole here. But that is where yeah. the roots of, of our music love comes from, yeah. is classical music. Yeah. 
And Derek, you and There's I talked about this pre-show and, and, and in the, the week leading up to the show about your passion for incorporating those exactly. classical elements into modern-day metal. Yeah. So you loved Periphery's last album, Hail oh, yeah. Stan. Oh, yeah. That had so much... Hail Stan is an, inc- an <clears throat> incredible metalcore album. Yes, you don't like them very much. I don't like. But I don't like Periphery as no a band very much. No one can deny. No, their new album I don't like. Musically, it was. Yeah. It was a fucking masterpiece. Reptile. <laughs> that fucking song, oh, yeah. fifteen minutes long, and and you won't feel the time pass. No. It's almost like when Metallica released Master of Puppets in nineteen eighty six. It's an eight and a half minute, almost nine minute song that you, that goes by like that. Yeah. Right. So, and I'll be the first to tell you and. You guys know this just as well as anybody. I do not particularly care for Periphery. I don't like their latest album, but Hail Stan for me, I have the whole album on my playlist. It is a no skip album, and it is arguably the most creative yeah. metalcore quote unquote album out there because of their their pure <laughs> talent Preston's and ingenuity. Mixing up a new uh, what? old fashioned over there. Preston's mixing up a new old fashioned. Yeah, over so there, I, I, we're not sponsored yet, but we would love to be sponsored by Blanton's. Yeah, yeah. We need to get some YouTube, sponsors. I'm, Athletic Greens. I didn't know that was Blanton's. <laughs> it is Blanton's. Would you like some? I already got some other stuff. Okay, well I have Blanton's with some. I dust didn't see on the that bottle. sitting over there. I told you I was bringing it. Yeah, but I didn't see it sitting over there. So when I went oh. to get stuff, yeah. I looked at. Well, what was when there. you're ready, I've got Blanton's. So. so, oh boy. But anyway, so when you <laughs> are incorporating those classical elements into music, I'm instantly uh, intrigued, right? Yeah. Because as a musician myself, I appreciate ingenuity and uniqueness. And Periphery is one of those one of those bands that every song that they write is completely unique. Yeah. The one thing that bugs me the most about Periphery is. I struggle with the off rhythm stuff and that is not that is not indicative of them it is more on me in the sense of maybe it's my ADD or undiagnosed autism I have to, I like that structure of traditional yeah. rhythm yeah. and periphery strays from that a lot because they can because well, they're yeah. so they're talented <laughs> enough to do it and me myself when I'm in here jamming with Scotty I want Scotty to lay me a consistent ass beat all right keep yeah. me on rhythm periphery can stray from that and make it sound right yeah Mm -hmm. so while i don't care for them that much i probably respect them more than any metal band in the scene right now. we talked about some we briefly he and i and i think scotty was still in here briefly talked about some musical theory a little bit there we did talk about music it's it's a math problem it really is it's it's like a math problem or a chess game as much as it is the creativity everybody thinks it's just you gotta smoke weed, and then it just comes to you, man, and you just play what you feel. It's not. It's a. It's a math problem, and there's something liberating about that. Uh-huh. There's something liberating about understanding the rules of the game. That it's a numbers problem, and then you get to play inside those rules. That's what makes music awesome. What did, what did I tell you, Kyler? <laughs> Bro, you. We, what, what did we do? It was. Uh, it we, was. We like were eating Thursday dinner. Night. We were eating dinner. Friday night, I think it was. Yep. And I was explaining to you some of my thought process around playing and how music theory helped really open the fucking floodgates. Because it's not about it's not about key, right? It's not it's not necessarily about being in key. It's It's, about finding. Tyler, you worded it perfectly. What note goes where? So, with music theory, um, 
all you know people say talk about the key a lot the key is literally a key like what you would see on a map a map key the key just tells you what scale you're playing and when you understand what scale you're playing you understand what eight of 12 notes there are in mm-hmm. our um uh chromatic scale that we use whether in it's a major music. or a minor yeah and so you only have 12 notes, and so this key or this scale that you're playing is 8 of those 12. It's just which 8 of those 12 is matching what you're playing here. And when you're translating on onto the guitar, all you need to understand is the patterns of those scales. And it's there's a major pattern and a minor pattern and some variations to those depending on what kind of weird shit you want to do. But... At the very end of the day, it's two patterns, and when you understand those patterns, you can find the few notes that sound good with whatever chord progression is going on. And once you understand what pattern you're in, you can follow that pattern down the fretboard. And <sighs> understanding a little bit of music theory helps you understand that, and all of a sudden, this whole fucking fretboard is, is opened up to you, and you're it's like, infinite. what the fuck? Mm-hmm. What? And then, yeah. to further add to the infinity of it it's okay well now there's different phrasings and different ways i can put these melodies together and you know different rhythms different um uh dynamics i can add to it and i can go legato or staccato and and add a different feel to it and it there's so much yeah yeah so it, it's well it's, here's here's what i wanted to go back to Part of the music theory, there's like kind of two ways something sounds good. One is being in that proper pattern. One, two, three, four. One mm-hmm. of it, is, another way that it sounds good is when you're not in that pattern. So it's one, four, and you go back to two. And those are yeah. just the different rhythms. Yeah, and but that's, 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 that's what probably, a band like Periphery capitalizes yeah. so on. So next time you listen to Periphery, I want you to think about that as a music player, and you might slightly appreciate it more. They're absolute geniuses, man. Because, absolute again, I, yeah. I don't personally like Periphery, but I appreciate and respect yeah. the shit out of how fucking inventive and talented they are as a group. Yeah. Because there is nobody... Nobody. And y'all know I meet ride Polaris so fucking hard. Polaris ain't doing the shit Periphery's doing. Nope. Maybe a Tesseract or a Carnival. Mm. Carnival's um, another Carnival's one. Carnival's a big a one. Example. But I think that's why it's extremely important that that metalheads in particular, and even if you don't, I'm not classically trained in music whatsoever. I learned a little None music theory. Are, except maybe Tyler. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I started getting into music theory. I could not figure out how to play guitar. I could I could strum a little bit, mm-hmm. and I've been I've been I was playing guitar with you guys in high school. I could right. pick around a little bit, but I I couldn't really put together a song. I couldn't play a complete song until I started to understand music theory and how the guitar worked and why the guitar why you can make the sounds why why it sounds good here and there and mm-hmm. how do the chords come together and those those causes behind what makes a guitar sound the way it sounds. Yep. That is when I was like, oh, okay, I kind of I kind of understand this now. Yeah. And at that interestingly, that same point in time is when I start getting back into metal. Hmm. And I think that's why I like these kind of newer metalcore bands that are kind of on the edge. Yep. Be- and, and I to expand on that a little bit and 
because I agree, right? I feel the exact same way because a lot of these these bands are so deep into music theory, right? And making things sound unique and taking advantage of their knowledge of music theory and classical music in that in that essence, right? Mm-hmm. So the and we said it last episode or I said it last episode Radio core, right? Radio, radio yeah. rock. Yeah, those bands, <laughs> and and all respect to them, they're they're great at what they do. But bands like Green Day, they play the same three or four chords yeah. every fucking song, and it's so easy to listen to. It doesn't require any prior knowledge of music theory or understanding the difficulties therein of creating a. It, it's a composition, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Modern day metal is a classical composition. And a lot of these bands out today, I think, that are on the radio in many way, don't don't go through that process because that's just not their niche. I'm not saying they don't have the talent to or the ability to. That's just not their niche. The bands that we listen to are uh, Tyler, you thrice thrice understands Ooh. music theory better than so many bands out there, right? So does Deftones. Yep. And those are two bands that I don't particularly care for, but I respect the shit out of because of their composition. And I think that, I mean, I, <clears throat> Meat Riding again, Screaming Evidence does a fantastic job of understanding music theory yeah. and creating not just a song, but a composition. And that's why it takes, you know, you guys make sure that you got the song a hundred fucking percent where you want it to be before you're ready to record or play it start to finish. It is all about oh composition and understanding music theory and, and creating a unique sound that differentiate, differentiates you from the cookie-cutter yeah, rock right. or metal band yeah. out there. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think that's why we appreciate, the four of us appreciate bands like Polyphia, uh, Polyphia, Polyphia. Did I say Polyphia? Yeah, yeah. yeah Polyphia. Poly- Some people read it wrong. I, well, not read it. Wrong. Not yeah, We're from the exactly. Sticks. But yeah, no, band no, like I that. don't know any band names. I think thirteen years of football gave me CTE. So CTE, I don't bro. Yeah, I'm sure around. there's so many bands Periphery, out there I pronounce wrong uh, as well. Just bands we've mentioned on here so many times before, but because they create compositions, not yep. just songs. So I'm going to give a band a shout out, and I already told you guys. Go for it. We love band. I'm going to give them a shout out because. I really like it. They're on. The, they're in this weird metalcore, I think, area. They they're foreign, and they incorporate saxophone solos in almost every song. And it and they go hard on the saxophone. And it's. <laughs> I think I'm pronouncing it right. Shrezers. I yep. think they're from France. I don't know where they're from. I remember you showing them. But a while they back. they do some really cool stuff, and they do some other stuff I like too, like. There's like some weird chanting going on that's almost religious. You know, okay, right? music okay. for me in a lot like of ways. Like a choir? No, like a, like almost like a religious like chant that you would only hear at a like, haka. Yeah, yeah. A so, haka? No, maybe. I don't know. I just think, wanted to think say Think more that. like <laughs> that's a great. That's a fun word. Think haka. more like you're in the big Catholic cathedral and there's some guy in the back. Oh, like <laughs> I in got the back, you. you know, Shame. Okay. Like that. Oh. Or like. Um, what was that one Creed song that had like like Native American chanting in it? You know what I'm talking Ooh, about. I can't Tyler, think off the top of my head. Tyler, we all love Creed we here. We love Creed. <laughs> like it was like a foreign it's language. And it's like, I know. I know. Hmm. I heard the song, but I don't remember what it is. 
I would imagine it was a song I didn't like very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, was, it was a little weird, but uh, nonetheless, uh, check them out if if you can. Um, I know I've already talked to these guys about them a little bit. They're they're just in a weird spot like, in comparison to the, some of the other bands we've listened. To. Like they're not that heavy. Like yeah. they're heavy. They they have some heavy riffs. Remember, heavy is a feeling, not heavy a sound. Heavy is a feeling, absolutely. But they 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 make a saxophone metal. And that's what I really like. I mean, it already that's is badass. But they they lump it in here. So. Novelist. 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 So how that's about one? All right, I'm yeah. gonna yeah. I'm gonna shout out a band that we have not. We're on episode four, and I cannot believe that we haven't talked about these guys. And they're in that same vein that Novelist is, and all that. Landmarks. Oh, landmarks. Whoo! From yeah. France. That last as album. Well. That last album was nasty. Landmarks is oh. an absolutely incredible band that incorporates so many different. Um, concepts into Tyler you're laughing I'm curious why you're laughing but so look the first time I heard them Preston sent me one of their songs and I, I think it was on their latest album it was the ocean but, or something I can't remember what it was called but yeah. but I remember him sending it to me and I, I thought this is going to be like oh, a soft rock lost in a way I was lost like this is going to be like <laughs> a soft rock so like I'm like, all right, so this is going to be like a like a soft rock song. I think at that time, he and I were sharing like Corey Wells, and yes. and we were listening to a bunch of Thrice and stuff at that time, because Thrice had dropped an album. And so I was in this like light rock, not metalcore kind of vibe, and he sends Ooh. me this, and based on the cover, I'm like, yeah, this looks like the same vibe of what we've been listening to. And I listened to it, and I was like, yeah, this is exactly what we've been listening to. And then they break into some gnarly shit. And I, w- yeah. I was just – I had it. I had the volume all the way up. Yeah. And I was expecting, like, you know, this, like, citizen-type shit, fucking brand-new kind of vibe mm-hmm. thing. And no, that is not Lost what happened. Lost in a wave completely. And that fucking – that blew me away. And it was – a badass fucking song mm-hmm. and so every time i think of them guys i think of that moment that i thought that they were soft and they proved they were not soft There's something about like european metal uh-huh. it, and and this is a i guess not so hot metal take that they're kicking the shit out of us in every way they are european Same as australians, australians dude yeah. Australians. yeah well yeah oh and you guys shouted out uh what's the band called from Crooked Royals. Royals. i listened to them new zealand this, this, yep so here's how I listen to the podcast, and I hope other it's like another British too. wave. But yeah, British, I, uh, new wave of British heavy metal. Yeah. Yep. I was listening the last three episodes. Every time you guys would mention somebody, I would be like, "All right, gotta pause the podcast, go back and listen to them." And be like, yes, or like, yeah, nutshell. Oh, gotta pause the podcast. Yeah, go back Distance. and listen to nutshell, and then I come back to you guys. And be like, oh, that's you should just great. carry a notepad with you. Yeah. That's, when you're listening to the podcast, and just take you really. Notes. That's, the th- that's the thing, and and people have reached out to me and and talked about how awesome it is that we shout out a lot of these local bands or yeah, up and coming bands you yeah. know I use that we use the term local bands for you know the up and coming guys yeah. and Crooked Royals was a great example of that Derek so thanks for shouting yeah. those guys out again so here's here's to kind of end my the I we glossed over so much of, of what I would call like kind of my musical journey okay mm-hmm. 
And I, I'm well, I'm we sure. got off on a million yeah. different tangents, and, <laughs> but it was fun. It's a podcast. It was fun. <laughs> and but I want to I want to bring it to a close because I think it ties it all back together. Where where we just stopped right there. What I what I would have loved to have as an adolescent who's into metal was was this kind of community. And you guys talk about the metal the metal brotherhood and those yeah. type of things. It's yep. real. But it is for, real. For me, it was finding new shit. Yeah. And now. I live an hour and ten minutes away from you guys, and I don't get to hang out with mm-hmm. you guys and be a part of your group text where you send each other distance, which, by well, the way, I had now. to fucking listen to, too. <laughs> and uh, you and the, everybody else. All the other listen. bands that you guys shout out that I'm like, damn, I haven't heard them, them in a while. Um, you know, I had to go back and listen to the We Came As Romans, like, original, those orig- two original records. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus. And it was Changed like, R.I.P. Kyle Pavone. Yes. So... I, I hope that this podcast can be a place that, <clears throat> you know, 15-year-old Derek would have been able to go back and say, oh, I listen to these guys, and they shout out this band, and I went and I found it. Because that's what we hoped radio was for us, and mm-hmm. it never was. It know? wasn't. And, 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 and the only way we found new stuff was if one of us snuck up upon it somewhere or once stuff started getting on the Internet and the shuffling YouTube around. And unfortunately, you know, yeah. the four of us, we're all the same age. You know, we grew up in an era where, you know, YouTube was just starting out and it was just mostly memes. We didn't know what memes were yeah. back then, but that's what it was. You know, it wasn't necessarily a lot of these up and coming artists trying to release their stuff. TikTok wasn't a thing. Vine wasn't even a thing back then. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, now, and Derek, you, you, you hit, you hit the nail on the head with, you know, yes, I know a lot of people our generation, our age mm-hmm. listen to this. But I hope that a lot of younger, yeah. that younger generation does too, because we've been where you guys are, and it's it's a sense of. We're I not feel like I'm core gatekeepers. No, no, we're <laughs> not. I, you know, I know I make some parody stuff on my TikTok account, but it's all to get you guys talking, and and talking about music and talking about rock and and, and heavy metal music, and this podcast is meant to be a vessel for. People to come and feel like they're a part of the Metal Brotherhood. And Derek, you yeah. tee that up perfectly. Well, I said I said it every time we go to the Barnyard Bass show. Mm-hmm. I say it every time. I wish we had this in high school. <sighs> I think it started. I think it started a few years after high school. But I well, no, we it was it. it was going on out at somebody's barn outside of Washington Courthouse um, when we were in high school, but we just didn't know of it yeah. at the time. Um, the same can be said for this podcast now. Yeah, I wish this was around when we were in high school, because I, I would have listened every week just to hear the new band. And then there's another element too that we haven't got on the podcast yet, and that's the advice for new bands and new musicians. Mm-hmm. Let's go, yeah, for okay, sure. So now I think we're running out of time. I almost feel like, or we can take as long as we want. But you're good. Um, as these guys mentioned, uh, unfortunately, I am an attorney. Um, unfortunately <laughs> it sucks don't do it don't go to law school that's a joke it's a meme speaking of memes gotta gotta touch on this real quick i am liable to send preston at least one or two midwest emo memes a week it's like yes. a funny meme with somebody screaming in the background <laughs> and it's got the the uh, uh midwest emo riff and going on telecaster the yeah. being played <laughs> i hate you <laughs> so uh Anyway, um, when these guys asked me to come on, um, 
they wanted to kind of pick my brain on maybe some legal issues that new bands or new musicians might uh, be running into. So I brushed up on a little copyright and a little contract. To give you guys some background, I am a litigator. Uh, I am in court more often than not. And me personally, I believe in being a general practitioner. It means probably nothing to most people listening to this, but for those attorneys out there, if there are any who are listening to this, um, I want to do everything. I don't want to just do contracts. I don't want to just do medical malpractice defense. I don't want to just do criminal defense. I want to do it all. So I do primarily criminal defense, uh, defense work as a, as a, a lot from the public defender's office. So I get appointed to represent people. Um, but then I do a lot of property and contracts and and general tort liability, but almost exclusively on the defense side. So that's, if I say something wrong, or that's maybe not particularly helpful, it's probably because I'm a litigator, and I don't deal (laughs) with those transactional things that a lot of these small bands are going to be dealing with. So um, I'd like to probably turn it over to the small band, the local band, to maybe tell me what you guys have run into. So, I mean, I, I've been really excited about this conversation because Listen, I myself we've all been excited about yeah. this conversation. So I myself, <clears throat> I went I went to school for music business, and so I had to a lot of what I studied was these things around law associated with the music industry, and then business practice associated with the uh, music industry. And essentially what my degree was was a a general business degree tailored to a specific industry. Mm -hmm. And so what I know about uh, and and what I learned about business law and copyright law and these things around the music industry, a lot of it was on a very broad spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so when I was trying to look at what actually applies to me in my situation as a small local band, you know, what is reasonable? What is shit that I don't really need to think about right now? What are some things I really do need to be thinking about right now? And at our level, essentially the the first and foremost Uh, component of what we would deal with in this realm is copyright Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day our product in the entire business of being a band is the song and the music that we write and what copyright is at its base level is intellectual property Mm -hmm. and so it's not much different than a patent um it's just more associated with the arts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, copyright extends to, um, <clears throat> like, visual artists and things like that. But how it plays into music is, one, when when do you have a copyright to the song that you wrote? What is the definitive moment? And what steps do you take to protect that that product and say i own this i and only i can benefit from its use Mm -hmm. legally ethically whatever i have to say this first 
nothing that I'm about to say is uh, legal advice, and uh, you should go talk to an attorney. <laughs> you have to. You that like I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be that attorney. Because you have that's to. That's the only though. way I have to no, protect have myself. To. Um, but a copyright is formed at the moment of creation. I mean, it is formed at conception. And to, to expand on that a little bit, like this podcast, for example. Yeah. Me personally, I own the copyright to this podcast. When I created it and I I partnered with the RSS feed that per, that distributes this podcast, yeah. they sent me an email that said, Perfect. "Hey, here's a copyright. You, Kyler, not saying my last name, you own it. Yeah. This is your podcast. Send it in." Right. Like, so, so there's there's even though your copyright forms automatically at creation. So let's say you're the band Screaming Evidence and you write say and you record it. Your copyright is formed right there. You own it. However, you might not be able to vindicate those rights under the copyright law of the federal government. So let's let's take a step back. To form that copyright, you need an original an original work. Okay. And it has to have just a little bit of creativity. So that is what that's the the it's the thought the the process that falls out into this product the song composition the lyrics the sound that little bit of creativity you put into it is what makes your copyright in order to vindicate those rights you have to file for your copyright and there are tons of resources online that you can do it on your own um I think I think the form that I would advocate, and I might, I might be screwing this up, but there are two separate parts of your music copyright. There's a composition, and then I think it's called the mechanical uh, mm-hmm. portion thereof. Okay? There's a form SR, I think is what it's called. And I'm, I'm just going off of my memory. I should have put some notes down on this. You, I think, in today's world, there's no excuse for an independent musician to not file that form SR where you get to own both of those pieces because that's where you get screwed up with a record label is they'll own one and you'll own the other. Oh, okay. So to somewhat translate what Derek's been saying, so back to the creativity piece, it can't just be creativity. You you can't just write a song that is AGA and say, this is a song, I own it, and I own the copyright, so anyone else that writes a song with AGA is infringing on my copyright. So there has to be a certain level of creativity where it has to be unique enough to say that it isn't somewhere else. Yeah, chord progressions are not copyrightable. Right, and so you have to have lyrics involved, you have to have melodies with those lyrics involved, and... And really that, that point of quote-unquote creation is when it is written on paper or it is recorded. And so then talking about the two separate um, copyrights, you have the composition, which is the song itself, and then the mechanical copyright is the recording. So the idea of mechanical dates back to when music was first being created and a lot of people said that that was a mechanical song or you know it was 
uh, created mechanically or whatever. Yeah. So, for instance, you have to have a certain uniqueness feature. Yeah. To yes. Your crea- so, the, like the, the Supreme Court calls it a modicum of creativity. So, so if you want to sound real pretentious, use that word. So, for example, a modicum of creativity is the name the Screaming Idiots show. No. That's okay. a trademark. You cannot, That's a trademark. You cannot copyright names. You cannot copyright ideas. So, for example, Radiohead is named after some other band oh. song. Look or, at this. I didn't know that. Did you yeah. know that? There's some song. No. I think it's a song or a movie or something. Or like Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. It's named after some Japanese movies or some shit. Yeah. I don't know the whole story behind that. But you can't copyright the name. So you can't copyright Say. You also can't copyright the idea behind Say. You so the the metaphor that's used a lot is like let's say you and Susie break up mm-hmm. and you want to write a song about you and Susie breaking up. Someone else can write a song about him and Susie breaking up, but it can't be the exact same song. And All right, so how many exes does Susie have? Susie got a lot of exes. Susie gets around. Susie's Susie gets around. Susie's up. Susie's up. Susie's up. Listen, we have Susie. Right, there's some analytics on the pod. We have failed to capture the female audience. We have 97% male Dude, listeners. Oh. Hey, so for the ladies out there, damn. I'm sorry. I know hey, there's some ladies, ladies out there. Go I listen to 512 AM from Novelist. Oh, it's beautiful. That's another diversity thing beautiful. I'm talking about. I think that there needs to be... 512 yeah, AM is one of my favorite songs of all time. Female lead vocalist, I think. And yep. Spirit yeah. Box. So anyway... Mm, they're, um, they're yeah, well, let's get back on the ba- copyright Back thing. to copyright. So, in order to <laughs> file your copyright, you have to go through literally a U.S. government website. And the main thing that prevents bands from going that step is education and understanding how to do it, um, why to do it, and um, a couple things around that also is it costs money. You. And it's not that much. I think it's like right. twenty bucks per registration. Now here's here's where it gets tricky. So with registering your copyright, you do have the option to register each song individually, or you can register a whole album. The problem with that is when you do a whole album as one, so if you're being cheap and you're saying I only got 20 bucks. I'm going to register all the copyrights to this 10 song album uh, under one registration to save money. And then you get an offer to use your song um, for a movie or a commercial or something like that. And then. You say, okay, well, I have the copyright. I'm able to enforce the copyright. Um, I'm going to go ahead and accept this offer. And then this person or this company or whatever starts using all the fucking songs on your album. And you're like, hold on, bro. The fuck are you doing? And they're like, well, you only registered one copyright, so when I paid you to be able to use the copyright on your one song, you actually gave me permission to use the copyright for all your songs on this album because you only wanted to pay 20 bucks. Yeah, see, that's something I wasn't thinking about because I was going to say, hey, for you small bands who maybe don't have the money, 
that might be a good route is to go go the that whole album route. But I didn't. And think it about is that. Yeah. because on our, you know screaming evidences level, ain't nobody hitting us up asking us to use our fucking yeah. songs for commercials well, that, and we need to write better stuff. songs yeah. then, well, motherfucker. That, <laughs> no, you're just too goddamn metal. That highlights in a very important reason why copyright's important. So yeah. You guys know copyright is in the Constitution. Yes. So copyright is kind of this weird intersection between uh, free speech and. Mm-hmm. The ability to further the sciences and further the arts. Okay. But also the right to protect your property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's to the our founders understood that the only way we can have progress is if you can monetize those those create creative ideas. Because it builds so the economy. Let me ask you and I, this is not legal advice, people. Derek. I, Kyler, own the copyright to the Screaming Idiots show. Mm-hmm. What exactly do I own? You actually, I don't know if you own a copyright. You you, no, you, own, you, the you, you own the mechanical copyright. Mechanical copyright. You own the right to distribute it, to display it publicly on whatever platform you want to, and to earn royalties off of it. So when so when you when you have a copyright, you own the the the, the mechanical property. But that gives you the ability to perform it publicly, to display it, to make money on it, uh, to create derivative work. So let's say that the Screaming Idiots podcast blows up and we want to make a Screaming Idiots movie. Mm-hmm. That would okay. that would fall along with that copyright. Is that a royalties thing? No. Um, think, think straight out of Compton movie. Yes. Royalties would be like... Every time the radio plays it, every time Spotify plays it, gotcha. Every time that that's, that's okay. Where so the what was what was straight into. out of Compton paying <clears throat> Dr. Dre, Ice Cube? What 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 were they getting? What I was the terminology? So no idea. okay, here's here's where all that comes in. So as the songwriter, you automatically have the composition copyright. So no matter what the record label is doing. The record label is not taking the money for the radio play. They're not taking the money for technically DJs are supposed to pay a composition royalty to whoever wrote the song or whatever songs they're playing. And it's honestly, uh, according to the law, it it is the venue's responsibility to keep track of what songs are being played and send it to one of the... Uh, songwriting unions and be able to pay those royalties but then there's the mechanical royalty and this is where labels come in and because the the labels take ownership of the mechanical royalty they have the right to distribute um, the the music and basically get all the monetization from that distribution of the music. So anytime a CD is sold, there is a composition royalty paid to the songwriter. And if you're not the songwriter, so country artists, I'm a fucking stab at you fuckers. Um, <laughs> you don't write your own songs. None of them do. They don't get the, the composition royalty. Whoever is in this back room, that's not pretty enough to be on stage, but it's an amazing musician that's writing the songs. They're getting the composition royalty and then the labels getting the mechanical royalty that they own to be able to 
have the the freedom to distribute this song and whatever platform they see fit to be able to promote it and monetize it and it's because the labels own the big piece of the monetization around copyright that they kind of fuck artists and around that they tell the musician oh i'm going to pay you five percent of that mechanical royalty because the only reason you're making money off of it is because of the money i put behind you to to make it happen i hope that all of the the local bands the up-and-coming artists that are listening to this show have been paying attention my my goal for the advice that i wanted to give on this platform it's not legal advice yeah it's just general business advice for musicians know your rights know that you own own know your rights and and vindicate your rights you you own the music that you produce you don't have it's 2023 you don't have to go giving it up to a record company to make any kind of money in this game or or to 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 blow up i mean think about post malone on soundcloud we're living in the post post malone love on soundcloud posty. white iverson love posty just puts it up How about on metallica SoundCloud. and napster yeah well the yeah, same thing that's it, we're living in a world now where we can be on a podcast and shout out a local band and you can blow up and you do not have to give up your rights you don't have to pay just us a goddamn thing. Some stupid record company that has no fucking idea yep. how to make music. They're just they're just grifters taking money from yeah. They're banks and businessmen. Yeah. yeah, they're suits. Don't and blame I say them. that don't as blame a suit. Them. I say that I wear a suit every day. Don't listen to the suits. Know your rights and and vindicate your rights. Like I yep. said, you can be on Spotify without having a record label. You can be on iTunes without having a record label. The more that you own of your product, the more money you can make, and the more realistic having a go at this this crazy dream that so yep. many people have. Yep. Mm-hmm. The more realistic it becomes. Yeah, you know like, that's another reason I respect Periphery so much. Yeah, and I know there's there's a specific episode, and I don't know when that I know we've mentioned them three or four times today already. That I want to dive into how Periphery blew up on the business side because of Misha's entrepreneurial mindset as well as the other guys. Mm-hmm. But keep going, Derek. So, so that if 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 you can get one thing, one scintilla of 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 advice from me as as an, an attorney, uh, but not legal advice, um, <laughs> it would be it would be to to vindicate your rights and to own your shit one hundred percent. Educate yep. yourself, so, right? It's, yeah, it's, educate yourself. There's no it, excuse. It Google. Google, Google that shit, bitch. Get out there, learn it, <laughs> file your own copyrights. It's possible. You can do it. You don't need to pay me two hundred fifty dollars an hour research. to do it. Do your fucking research before yeah. you ever put your name on something, right, and Tyler? It's, I mean, and it's it's really easy to look into copyright law. You, you literally search it up, and it'll take you to the U.S. Revised Code to be able to read through what the copyright law is. Yeah. And, you know, if you're someone who really doesn't want to fuck with the business, you know, that side of the business, you know, that's where publishers come in. And so that kind of leads me into consult with anybody. Yeah. But do not give them the rights to your shit. Well, here's the thing. So the way publishers work. So anyone that doesn't know what a publisher is, a publisher is someone that handles your copyrights for you. 
And so they are a pretty important component of the music industry, and they have been for a very long time. They're the ones that you basically say, per whatever agreement, I'm going to give you this percentage of my uh, composition copyright, and in return, you're going to handle the business accounting and all that shit around this copyright and you're actually going to shop this motherfucker around and you're going to get movies to play it you're going to get commercials to play it you're going to get this in spots where i will actually make money from the composition royalty whereas someone like us preston and i in screaming evidence we really don't have a way to get our music into those settings without someone like a publisher. And so then you also have different kind of publisher agreements where they can handle that much of your business and it's typically a 50-50 split. Or you can go to where they just handle the fucking accounting and shit and you're the one out there shopping your song and actually getting it out there on radio play and out there um, in movies and commercials yeah. and all these ways that you can actually monetize it's kind of that the, copyright. It's, it's almost the opposite of the record label. Like in many ways, the record Well, label, they were around far before record yeah. labels. Yeah, I mean, yeah. publishers were around dealing... I mean, they were the ones putting out sheet music. Yeah, yeah. Back it, when that's all that there was. I, I like I like that idea. I like that concept, you know, and, and it's the same... The same thing goes for all your branding because once uh-huh. you... that. Once you own the copyright to your music or your trademark to your band name, you own the right then to reproduce shirts and metal signs and shit on Etsy and all that nonsense, you know, that, that you can, any of that derivative work from your your copyright, but you guys don't have time to make all your t-shirts, so go go find somebody who can, you know, or use that publisher to get it out there and, and, and do it, but as long as you're not giving them those rights that you have on the copyright because that's what's valuable yeah anybody can make the damn t-shirt you don't need to hire you don't need to go to the record label to do that because they're going to go hire the same people that you can directly same as so us. i yeah. would say that really ties into the next component that a local artist may deal with and that is a certain type of you know there's different types of agreements and different types of contracts out there and Everyone in the industry that is out to make money, and you have to make money to make a living, they're after the components of you as an artist or as a musician that can make them money. And so I'd say some of the most common ways, uh, common agreements that you may run into, and this goes into the legal side, is things like publisher agreement or I'm sorry, producer agreements. So this would be something you would probably run into more in hip hop or rap, but sometimes even in, you know, rock and metal where in order to get into this particular studio to work with this particular producer that is just amazing at what they do, they will use their clout against you and say because I'm working with you, you're probably going to get some kind of exposure and you're probably going to get some kind of cloud of your own to be able to say that you worked with me. 
So for that, I want a piece of your copyright, a piece of the mechanical, a piece of the uh, composition, whatever it is. And to stuff like that, what would you say to um, local artists or up-and-coming artists that are being asked to sign these kind of agreements? I think that I think you really have to stand your ground in a lot of ways. If if it is possible to and part of part of part of now we're going to start touching on my ignorance around this area because I feel like the only people who get in that position are musicians and a lot of times they're not they're after, learning as they go. Well, after it's done, you don't yeah. have the money to hire an attorney to fight yep. it. So it's just yep. it's it's an issue that I don't feel like it's to come up enough to to be litigated. Um, that being said, if at all possible, stand your ground and know your worth as much as you can. And I would probably advocate to not work with those producers mm-hmm. and make it costly for them as much as it is for you because they need you. They're not the ones putting out the music. I mean, yeah. the music is, is what really sells. And, and that might be terrible advice. There might be some attorneys <laughs> listening who are like, no, don't, you know. Well, I think it depends on the situation and there's, you know, that's why I say like, it's more, it's more prominent in like hip hop and rap where the producer is actually helping create the beats. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So they're helping create part of the music. That's important. That is And something like that. Yes. They, they really deserve some piece of the pie and some recognition as, as a songwriter. That kind of goes back to who owns the copyright, you know, because um one of my first one of my big cases with the I was clerking for the Southern District Court of Ohio mm-hmm. um federal court was a huge copyright infringement case where a car dealer was using some stock music they found on the internet that happened to all be copyrighted and they were supposed to pay for it you could download it before you pay for it that's how oh, you got goodness. screwed up so every single time the ads ran, which were hundreds of thousands of times, nine point one cent, yeah, per so play. Add that up, <laughs> and then car dealers, I guess, are notorious for not settling. So um, it was a interesting case, none to say the least. But wow. the guy started a company. The guy who owned all the copyrights started a company. I mean, he wrote like the the Fox Monday Night Football jingle and stuff like that. But the, like so much of the stuff was like partially mm-hmm. owned by him. Partially owned by another guy, partially owned by another guy, partially owned by another guy, because they all made these jingles together, and then they started buying other copyrights, and and um, that comes down to an agreement between the two people who owns that copyright. So let's say, you know, let's kind of create a hypothetical, and you can tell me if I'm way off or not, but uh, let's say that you go into a studio, and you're like you guys, and you wrote and produced all the songs yourself in in here in this garage and then you just go to the producer to put it together in that case they don't have any fucking right to the music you guys did all that and he's just putting the final touches on it right and you guys should should have that conversation with him to be like no look asshole you you might have done 10 percent of the work we might agree to a number that that gets closer to that 10 percent number you know um i guess i guess maybe the the strategy would be to learn as much about negotiation as you can. You know, the, the one thing I do is never start off with your best. Yep. And um, with be us patient. being in sales, we yeah. we really I would say, I, I say be patient. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the silence 
at when the contract is on the table. Do not. This be guy's a salesman. Silence. Hell yeah! He, he, everything is well, sales. It's, 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 it's negotiation. Most yeah. most litigation is settled. And I, I love sitting there in dead silence, making people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, if he wasn't awesome. a lawyer, he'd be in sales. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think promise. that brings up, <clears throat> I think that brings up another issue around copyright and agreements is having an agreement within the band. Oh, I'm so glad you around who owns what piece yeah. of the copyright because so. you can have. I mean, there's there's tons of examples of. Um, you know, like two songwriters coming together and saying, I'm going to write the lyrics, so I'm going to own the copyright around the lyrics. So anytime the lyrics are used in any kind of setting, whether it be like a t-shirt or, um, I don't know, a fucking restaurant wants to use a, a line from one of my songs to promote their restaurant or something, just weird shit that you can get paid on on these copyrights for that would be paid to the person owning the lyrics and then you have the person that owns the music um they wrote all the the musical aspects to it and say they're split in the copyright 50 50 and so there's these agreements that you have to have within the band within the group um around writing this this song and there's actual legally binding agreements that kind of need to be written and signed and agreed upon that a lot of artists don't do. And, and I think that's been a major downfall to a lot of bands that thought when we're local and up and coming, we're tight knit, we trust each other, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Really and then we right get big it, and money gets involved. And then it's like, oh. you know, honestly, Sean writes, the majority, I mean, he's he's responsible for yeah. at least fifty percent of the I mean, music being yeah. being written because he's writing all the lyrics. He's typically coming with a baseline riff yep. and whatnot. So let me. Let Maybe me. he deserves fifty percent of the copyright, and then the yeah. the rest of us split what's left. Here's what I think is very important when we're talking about this particular subject. Um. The days are gone when business is conducted on handshake agreements. Oh, for sure. It's just not. It's just not the way things work. And, and and here's why. You need an exit strategy. I tell this to mm-hmm. people all the time because there's this like old wave of legal advice for like young go-getting guys to like not get married and then put everything in their girlfriend's name and stuff like to to protect themselves from liability and shit like that. Yeah. I'm I'm not a believer in that whatsoever because you need an exit strategy. Divorce. What are you going to do when you get to divorce? You got to find out how to divide up all the property mm-hmm. or the kids or all that stuff. The same as with every other legal relationship. So there's two there's two ways that you can as a band protect yourself and provide yourself that exit strategy. I know that everybody trusts everybody and you don't want to bring this up and it's going to hurt feelings and it's going to do that but what happens if somebody passes away? What happens if mm-hmm. somebody moves away? What happens if somebody goes to the fucking Navy or, or whatever? For what happens if Axl Rose decides that he is the fucking band? What, what if fucking Yoko? <laughs> what if somebody finds their fucking Yoko Ono or whatever the fuck her name was? But So it's important, I think, to put together a band agreement. 
and your band agreement could just be a contract between all you guys of how you divide up your the the profits from anything you do. I also think it's important to start an LLC as the band. Yep. Because mm-hmm. that's going to protect you when Jenny gets kicked in the front row with somebody jumping up because on the stage. Because they could and, sue the LLC instead yeah. of suing you personally. It protects your assets yep. individually. And I think, you know, this is just me. Kind of, if, I was, if I was going to start a band, I would have a band agreement between my members. I would put everything in LLC. I would deposit all my checks in the LLC account. And then I would work out of that. So you could expense everything out of that account on your taxes. Mm-hmm. Take distributions when you can, when you want to, and when it makes sense. But then you always then then let the let the band own the copyright and divide things up according to your band agreement. That's mm-hmm. kind of that's that's just me talking out loud how I would probably go about doing it. I mean, you're exactly right. Yeah, because what I what. What I would want to do is make sure that not one single person owns everything, not one single person cuts all the checks, and then not one single person's girlfriend can come in and say, yeah. you know, Jimmy, I think you should leave the band and take all your shit with you. You know, like, yeah. make it. <laughs> and if you really do have that relationship that you think you do, it's all going to make sense and it'll all be worth it. And it's best to make those agreements when everyone's getting along rather than try to fight in the court of law later down the road exactly. when an agreement and comes up. Here's here's another important piece. Now, to form your LLC, that has to be done on paper. A contract is a contract, even if it's not written. Your conduct is what will be used to demonstrate there's a contract, and it will demonstrate what's the parts of the contract. So if you're all sitting together and there's a three-piece band and you say everything gets divided evenly, and then all of a sudden we see checks being split a third, a third, a third. Okay, then that makes sense. And there's there's some mm-hmm. kind of support that that there is a contract and that the agreement is that everything gets split a third. But if if you had the call and you said I get half and you guys get you get one quarter and you get one quarter, but then you're splitting everything a third. Well, then your spoken contract, your spoken word contract, is not right legitimate because you guys are acting differently. Your conduct is just as important what's written down. Uh, and and vice versa. So it makes it a whole lot easier if it's written down. Well, there you have it. Some not legal advice from yeah. our resident <laughs> lawyer, Derek. So we are uh, way over our normal time, which is Don't fine care at all. Because Dude, this has been... Yeah, I, I we said we can begin- keep going. I said at the beginning of the episode that this was going to be our best yeah. episode, and it Absolutely is. I sure so, hope it's provided insight to anybody. I hope so too. I really hope that yeah. all of the up and coming artists have paid attention. And good thing about podcasts is you can go back and re fucking listen you because can. and, Derek, Derek and, and I Tyler, really, I really hope that people people heard Derek when he was talking about what's the anthem, what's what's the soundtrack. <laughs> Preston, to your story. Preston and I talk about it all the time yeah. in relation to sports. We call it what's your why? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. What's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why are you yeah. feeling the way that you're feeling? What's your goals and why are they your goals? Yeah. So Derek, I think, did an absolutely phenomenal job of diving into his music story. And it's not just boy, did y'all hear my voice crack right there? Yeah. Um, it's not just his music story, it's his life story, and it relates so much to music. And Derek, you did a fucking killer job of, yeah. of touching on 
your growth as a not only a, just a music fan but a musician as well. And then I think that you you and Tyler both have created a lot of great context around the legality of being an up and coming artist and watchouts and and reasons to study uh, musical law, copyright law, things of that nature. So you know we've said it from from the jump. This podcast is not just because we're having fun. It's because we want to bring value to our listeners, whether they be the casual music fan, the hardcore, excuse me, the hardcore music fan, or the the musician, the artist, the up and coming guys and gals that are in the industry and want to succeed at a high level. So, Derek, thanks a no, fucking shit ton for thank that. You. I'm I'm extremely humbled by the opportunity. And not just to share my story, but then to maybe provide some insight, some help. I'm so grateful that you guys let me come on and and, and do what we did. And, and um, oh, we ain't done. It was that. it was nice to hear from someone other than these two yeah. guys for a change. Well, well and just, we, I, this we, won't be your last. Oh. By the way, this will not be your last episode. You are not yeah. free from obligation. Just uh, so you know, I just want to repeat myself. Though I said it, it's 2023. Know your worth as a, as a musician. Know that guys like us are going to listen to you. We're going to find you. We're going to shout you out. Oh, I've got some good ones tonight. And make sure that that you just don't go giving, don't sell your soul to the record company. We don't have to do that anymore. I wish I wish they never had to do that, but you don't have to do it anymore. No. So it's time for everybody's favorite segment: fucking heavy metal hot takes. Took us a long time. Took us a long time to get here. Woo. It's been easily the best meow, conversations meow, meow. that we've had today, and it's we're only getting better, y'all. We're, we're 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 getting better and more refined every fucking week, and it's it's for you guys. So. Derek has a fan fucking tastic special guest. Derek, special guest. Derek, I really hope that I didn't spill the beans too much on this throughout our conversation. But as most of you are aware, I'm a big butt rock guy. Butt rock, (laughs) big butt rock Um, guy. And I'm still, I still can't shake nobody butt rock. Yeah, if if you if, if you're listening, you say you don't like or have never gotten into butt rock or divorced dad rock as we call it you're fucking lying they've so, blocked themselves so we, we brought up, we mentioned we we very briefly in passing you might not have even caught it mentioned creed yes mm-hmm. and before the podcast we were talking about uh, people's relationship with their lead singer um most people like creed because of their lead singer i don't even want to say his name because the <laughs> real brains the real brains of that outfit is mark Fucking Tremonti. Correct. I, bro, I'm going to tell you right now, the Lord and Savior in this garage <laughs> is Scott, Scott Stapp. Stapp. Listen, hey, <laughs> hey if, if, if we started playing higher. Shirtless or, Scott Stapp. Shirtless. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas no, Cowboys no, 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 jersey, no, 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 no. Scott yeah. Stapp. I'm we, telling we you, right over that motherfucker. If it's we do 1998 or whatever. And, and, and Human clay, on, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have to specify. We're not talking about. The like 2010s super sweaty shirt, fucking Scott Stapp, <laughs> where he shaved about, his head. No, and we're all that. We're talking about Scott Stapp, alcoholic, <laughs> alcoholic, nineteen ninety nine icon. Yeah, yeah Florida Scott man. Stapp. Yeah, Florida, Florida, Florida man. man. Should have been there. Sunday, exactly. Boy, now, now yeah. that being said, a lot of people didn't get into Alter Bridge because they were such big Creed fans. Uh-huh. Alter Bridge is probably my favorite band of all time. 
Uh, no, that's not true. I really Alter Bridge. How about one I really like Alter Bridge. Let, let me say that. I fucking love Alter Bridge. That being said, get out and listen to Mark Tremonti's solo shit. Yes. And you will have an entirely different respect for him. But your hot take is my hot take is that Mark Tremonti is the greatest guitarist of his generation, perhaps of all time, definitely Whew. of his generation. Whew. And that is a bold statement, <laughs> it's sir. Heavy metal hot now, takes for a reason, baby. Now here's why. I don't think there's a guitarist who has spanned the most genres, produced the most bangers, mm-hmm. still shreds, still comes up with new shit, is still coming up with new and creative and, and expansive shit today. Mm-hmm. That's why I like him. He is the reason why I picked up a guitar, and I'm, I know at least one other person as to why he picked up a, a guitar, my, one of my cousins. I mean, that... To me, Mark Tremonti is kind of an unsung hero of the the butt rock era, the the metalcore era. That just, I know, I know he's been voted like top five guitarist of all time. I know he's won guitarist of the year, however many times. But to me, he's the total package when it comes to a guitarist, a songwriter, a person. You know, he just did some big Frank Sinatra thing. Uh, it was like a benefit. Uh-huh. I mean, that takes the fucking hot. Yeah. I'm afraid to pick it up. Yeah, yeah. I I'm gonna pick it up. No, pick real up. quick, I'll, I'll let so you go, go in just uh, a second. I'm gonna let go you ahead. finish. Uh, Shred me apart. You know what's no, funny? I, I, think, I feel like I feel like uh, that we were doing really well on this podcast. People probably really liked me, and then I said that, and they're like, "This fucking this guy. motherfucker. <laughs> this <laughs> fucking, guy ain't no fucking he's lawyer. Not even, he's not even a." a, a, a Boomer core gatekeeper. He's a butt rock gatekeeper. <laughs> He's a butt rock gatekeeper. No, I think you make a very badass point when you say that he is kind of the unsung hero of the the butt rock era. Yeah, and because he had a big influence of his as well as me and Kyler's was Metallica. Metallica. Yeah. and yeah. you can hear it in the shit that yeah, he writes. You can. Uh, maybe not as much with the Creed stuff, but with the Alder Bridge Alder stuff, Bridge for sure. with his his solo, solo stuff. stuff. Um, I think you make one hell of a point in yeah. saying that he's an unsung hero of the butt rock. So, Tyler, you and I, uh, I'm sorry, Derek, you and I talked about this before, mm-hmm. and I told you I disagreed. Yeah. And I disagreed with a contingency, like a, mm-hmm. with, with context. My context being, I think that Mark Tremonti is the greatest guitarist of his genres, being the mm. butt rock, the that type of shit. Because I can think of several guitarists that are more um, well-known, more in that virtuoso type. You, you know, you mentioned it before the pod that Mark Tremonti is self-taught. He's not, he doesn't have yeah. a classical music background. He's not a fucking prodigy. He's a like metalhead. George yeah. Lynch, yeah. like Eddie Van Halen. But He's, go he, ahead. he will, if you listen to him, like when he does like seminars or talks on YouTube and shit. Mm-hmm. He talks like a trained, in many ways, talks yeah. like a trained musician. He does. Like, Holy shit. This he is, does. That's, so, it's honorable to, to have taught himself that, you know. I'm, I'm chopping at the fucking bitch. Go oh, ahead. I, I know you have been. Go, that's why I kept my so, short. Go ahead. So, look. I agree with all of the above except the all time. Yeah, yeah. So, would I say he's one of the greatest of all time? Maybe not. Um, however, to say he's not a virtuoso, 
I mean, I would have to ask what the definition is. What I mean by that is is someone so like George. I mentioned to George Lynch, Eddie Van Halen, um, Randy Rhodes is another one. They were they were prodigies, right? They were classically. I wouldn't trained. even they say had, Eddie Van Halen was a prodigy, but he was. He was really good at finger tapping. We're getting real he fucking invent, hot here. He invented finger tapping. He invented tone too. I so say no, no, no. What I he mean made is a bit musical teacher. Tapping. Raised as a prodigy from a very young age, they were trained in their craft. Mark Trumani was not. No. He is self-fucking-taught. But he can do pretty much anything so, those guys do. So, Yingve Malmsteen's another one. When I use the term virtuoso, I, I, I put the term virtuoso as a classically trained prodigy guitarist that from the moment they hit the fucking ground, they were destined and trained to be an elite. Joe musician, and I would say Joe, Bonamassa. Joe. holy That's shit, another Joe. fantastic. I would say I'm caught in the middle of this debate. And I would I'm say Mark Tremonti. <laughs> oh, I'm loving it. Is an equal with those guys. I would disagree. He's with you amazing, all bro. Look, I, I will tell you what. You going to put greatest, Mark Tremonti against Yngwie Malmsteen? The greatest guitarist I've ever met. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The greatest guitarist I've ever met in my entire life. His name's Tony Tipton. Tony's, I know you really yeah. haven't met him. I haven't bad met him. Dude. Probably seen him play I've, some of I've his play, uh, yes. where he does like the '80s hair metal type shit. But that dude can shred on a level that insane is is really beyond human. Okay, and he recognizes Mark Tremonti for well, yep. what here's, he is able. Here's kind of my point to too. do, and so Mark Tremonti. Is fucking amazing. He competes with all those guys that you would say are virtuosos. Mm-hmm. So I would say he himself real, is a virtuoso. And real, real quick before Derek goes, me and Tyler talk about this word a ton when it comes to guitar playing, but also the bass and other instruments. But phrasing, oh, oh phrasing, my Lord, yeah. I, and I understand that phrasing may be something that is different for everybody, what they gravitate Do you want to toward. Touch, touch on phrasing a bit. No, I don't, I don't want to explain it because I think if you're a deep yeah. listener of a podcast like this or If music, you've made it two hours and yeah. two and a half hours into this pod, you get it. My wife's going to be pissed. She's no, like, Where you been? Okay. <laughs> Mine already is, so all's good. Mine's asleep. But I don't give a fuck. I think what makes each and every guitarist different but also similar and makes you realize their own talent is their their style and or their phrasing of their music? So yep, and I that's where I'll let Derek Kyler and or Kyler finish. go. Kyler, Kyler finishes, so and let then me I get clarify where Mark Trumani, if we're going with Tyler's definition of the term virtuoso, is a virtuoso. Okay, he is a incredibly talented, inventive, unique guitarist, and you cannot take away from what he has done throughout his career, his growth, right? I mean, he's done yeah. three different genres, essentially, from Creed to yep. Alter Bridge to his solo shit. He's writing a lot of these songs that he's played, and his talent is is so undeniable and apparent. But when I, I cannot put him up against Yingve Malmsteen, up against Jimi Hendrix, up against Stevie Ray Vaughan, I can't. I just personally can't. I don't consider him on that level. I consider him on the Dave Mustaine, the, um, <clears throat> wow, my voice is really going yeah. to shit, the Michi. Have from, another bourbon. Uh, no, I think it's just from <laughs> singing and everything else that we've been doing tonight. 
Michi. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of guys you know, that I you know can what compare. I think it is? It's almost like the difference between a guy like Brady and a guy like John Elway, or something. Some, someone, someone who you would think is like he's the win, he's the winning he's the winning quarterback versus the real technical guy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Or yeah, like, or probably I the, see what you mean. The better one would probably be like Elway versus Manning. Yeah, yeah. You know? Elway was more free for all. Manning was so structured about everything. Yeah. It's probably yeah. like that. Brady versus Manning. You like that? I know you're a big Brady guy. Yeah, but yeah, but Brady and like uh, I guess sports ball. not to steer off, but Brady and Manning were both known at at the line of scrimmage. They were geniuses. Yeah, yeah. Cerebral. Yeah. Mark Trumani is extremely cerebral. Yeah. Right. And Stevie Ray Vaughan was feel. So here it yeah. was the flow. It well, was the I'm yeah. going to shred this yeah. shit right here, right now. Mark Trumont. So Mark Trumani is Peyton Manning. Stevie Ray Vaughan is Tom Brady. Both fucking legends and goats yeah. of their time. That's funny because Mark Trumani definitely has a bigger forehead. <laughs> Peyton Manning. <laughs> Peyton Manning. I hope we well, got some sports in fans fairness, in here. In all fairness, so. in all fairness Stevie fair. Ray Vaughan doesn't have a forehead anymore. Oh, okay, that's fucked up. Uh, wow. We're all for a good bit of dark humor. Right? Wait, I, I apologize, but I'm fucking illiterate. He's what are we dead. talking about? Oh, God damn. We're going to have to so, edit that but part out. But do you get where I'm, yeah, where I'm coming from? Where I get I you. feel like guys like Jimmy you. and Stevie Ray and yeah. George Lynch and Yingve, I've, I've named them all several times, they were more... Tyler Childers is another example in a different genre. It's all feel. It's all yeah. emotion. Yeah. So, Mark Tremonti is so intelligent and cerebral that he is he is so thorough in his music craft yeah. that it's just completely different we're, than we're, some of these other virtuosos. It's very periphery Then Dimebag, then Randy Rhodes, yeah. then yeah. Jakey e. Lee. So many and other so guitarists so much that were of it all is, feel. is stylistic, too. Like, yeah. I, I just like that genre of music. You know, I always will. And and uh, um, to get back, this is to kind of like talk about, get back into my musical taste a little bit. I like it all. Yeah. I like the clean riff. I like the chugga oh, chugga. I like the, the shredded. Riff, I like it all. And Mark Tremonti consistently. <laughs> he is. He is. Sorry. Mark, yeah. Check out those blisters on this finger. Dude. <laughs> oh, um, bro. He soft. But, <laughs> yeah, right? But Mark Listen, Tremonti, I wish we could live stream yeah. Tyler's blisters. Right? Mark Tremonti, bro, he wasn't fucking up. lying. I thought he was being a pussy. Damn! Look yeah. at those motherfuckers. You ain't playing enough. He's growing boy. two. He's actually growing two more fingers. Two more fingers, you, so he can. You just he don't understand what it takes to play those fucking power lines. Oh, on that wow. <laughs> yeah. Preston's like, all right, we're gonna scrap that song. Mark, <laughs> but, but listen to so many of his songs that start off in a beautiful, clean riff. And finger by the, by the finger end picked. of it, he is melting your face. Yep, yep. So mm. many of those songs, yep. and and that's why I like. That's why I picked up a guitar because I like what him. I say about Mark Trumani. <clears throat> go listen to "Torn" by Creed, yeah, and then immediately go to "Ties That Bind" by Alderbridge. Yes, uh, Waters yes. Rising. You want to talk now? About now, here's another thing too. He's played in two bands with some of the greatest vocals. You could ever get Miles Kennedy. Miles Kennedy is my favorite stuff. front man they, of all time. They, all they, time. I mean, they can wail. They can wail. Yep. Listen to Mark sing though. Yeah, he's on good. his solo shit. Yeah. He's good. No, and what I'll say real quick, um, not to plug myself, but I was never interested in finger picking a guitar mm -hmm. until I heard riffs from Mark. You know Trimani. who got me into finger picking? Keith Urban. 
Yeah. I, well, and, and I know Keith that Urban. we grew up to that as well the because of where we grew up. Finger picking in my nose. But no, I'm serious. Finger I was, picking at what? My nose. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was Mining never for nose gold. I always <laughs> appreciated the style of yeah. finger picking a guitar, but the way Mark Tremonti did it on a lot of Alter Bridge shit is where I was like, okay, this is a style that I struggle with, but I have to learn yeah. in case I were to ever be in really, a band or whatever, yeah, create I, that I music. really do think that he would get more appreciation if it wasn't for the Creed fiasco, if it wasn't for the attitudes toward butt rock. Like, yeah. I think he would get more appreciation. I have a great synonym for him. Yeah. Mm. And I'm going to throw it out there, and you, Tyler, you might not synonym, think much about synonym. this, but Jason Newstead. Ooh. With Metallica, oh, I see where you're going. Is the most underrated bassist of all time I for see. several reasons. I see what you're saying. One, Jason's first album with Metallica. I don't want to stray too far, but it's just a great synonym for what you yeah. just said about Mark. The first album that Jason ever recorded with Metallica and Justice for All, you couldn't hear the fucking bass on the record. Yeah, and he has some of the. If you watch the Damage Justice tour, yeah. like Seattle '89, watch him shred anything from the Injustice for All album. It's fucking insane, but you can't hear it on the record. So everybody's like. Oh, God, Metallica's dead. Cliff Burton's he gone. He shit-talked like crazy. So, Newstead yep. brought so much energy to their live performances that it was fucking unreal. He wrote some of the Seattle most Seattle 89. Seattle 89. And that, by the way, that concert has been remastered and is available on YouTube with better audio and better video. Go fucking watch it. Yeah, it's nuts. Know, go but anyways, <laughs> Newstead... Pause the podcast. <clears throat> Newstead... Similar to Mark Germani, you know, so Newstead goes through this transition with Metallica from thrash metal to the Black Album to Load, Reload, where they yep. get into this more new wave of heavy metal type shit where they're not as fast, they're playing more groovy shit. Bouncier stuff, maybe not as... And then he I leaves guess. on St. Anger, and because he was just over it, and he wanted to do some of... Full, full disclosure, Jason Newstead started a side project called Echo Brain, that he wanted to pursue, and James Hetfield was like, no, you're not doing any side projects while you're in Metallica. Yeah. So Newstead was like, okay, I'm out, respectfully. and Respectfully, I'm out. Newstead kind of fell off the face of the earth after that because he was kind of shunned after that deal. Jason Newstead, in my opinion, is one of the most talented musicians that never, ever gets the recognition he deserves. Similar. Yes. Yeah, to Mark like Tremonti. Like Even that. though Mark Tremonti seems like he's he on does. a higher he, level. He is. He gets, he gets some I feel like it's way more suppressed. If, I, if yeah. I had to critique yeah. my hot take, it would be that it wasn't hot enough. Because I think there are a lot of Mark Tremonti worshippers out there. There are. But at the same time, I think musicians, I, I, musicians recognize him, yeah. but, but nobody else. Yeah. The masses exactly. don't. In Europe, Good dude. point, Tyler. Alter Bridge does freaking small shows around here. They sell out fucking arenas in Europe. Isn't that crazy? Dude, Miles is the real. Yeah. Why? Why is Europe kicking our ass so bad, bro? But Europe has been kicking <laughs> our ass. No, since no the 60s, disrespect, bro. because I like the Beatles, the Who, the Rolling Stones, Pink Floyd. Where are they all from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but England, the other, the other Black part Sabbath, of it, like Led Zeppelin, ACDC, none of those are American bands. Judas Priest, what, dude, Iron Maiden. The I consumption could, of Motorhead. American metal in in Europe is probably greater. That, than That's Europe. what I mean. What I'm saying is, and it's no disrespect to the genre of shit. rap or hip hop, because there's a lot of it that I do like, yeah. but it's diluted rock and metal music mm. in America. So I, I forgot to bring this up. I did want to talk about this right before you guys can get in your hot takes right after. But I do have a philosophy. We might have to pass it. I, I, I do have a philosophy degree. The, another reason why I like metal is because I am very Aristotelian. 
Yeah. And one of the concepts that we talked about a lot, uh, not a lot, but just briefly, is that what is the most moral song? What is the most moral type of music? The most moral type of music is not about not the music about Friday night mm-hmm. when you're at the party. The okay. moral music is the music about Saturday morning when you wake up drunk and are faced with life. That's the moral music. That's metal to that, me. I was going to say, that's metal. It's sincere. It's genuine. It, it, it is what it is actually about life. It's not that part where you just block it off and you're on the boat drinking beer. Holy or you're, shit. Or you're at the party or you're, or you're chasing girls or whatever. It's that self-reflective genre of music that you don't get anywhere else. That is, I think, metal. The the music that's been it took demonized. me forty five seconds to understand that demonized. No, I just blame. fucking punch. I gotta you gotta give me a second. Demonized. Holy shit! Blamed for blamed for shootings. Blamed for suicide. Blamed for all these things. Blamed <laughs> for drug use. It is the most moral music because it talks to, about Saturday morning. Go back it to talks last about week. Sunday morning. Remember, we're uneducated devil worshippers. Uneducated right? devil worshippers. Oh my I god! That that, that little section of the podcast. Like I don't want to say it this way because it's weird, but touched me in a way that I'll touch you. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> in a way I'll that touch like, you, but Tyler beat me. People too. don't people don't talk about that enough. Well, you know what's funny is real it goes co- back to Tyler talking about love ballads. It goes yeah. to Tyler talking about heavies of feeling. It's not there are so many misunderstood right. <laughs> people out there that that us included. They're like no. It's not just people yelling into a fucking microphone. Yeah. You need to Google the fucking lyrics yeah. and then come back and tell me Dude, that it's and frankly, had, that I'm an uneducated frankly, devil worshiper. Exactly. I had a, I had a guy. He was a, a older black gentleman in Canton, and he was always cleaning up the gym. And I'd always be in the gym in college. At the end of the day, me and one of my coaches, shout out Coach Bones, Coach Bones all day, miss you, man. Uh, I'm gonna send this to you. Um, <laughs> we would always be jamming. One time, this old guy who I can tell never listened—you look at him, you know he's never listened to a metal song right. in his life. Sure, he says, "Holy shit, you listen to this stuff? Do you hear what they're saying? This shit's deep. Why don't more people listen to this?" <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, thank God! Like this is the greatest, one of the coolest moments I've ever had because yep. someone listened to it for more than noise, and and he was just cleaning the locker rooms and and understood that like." This shit's deep. We're talking about things that are, in many ways, almost religious in a lot of ways. You know? It took it took metal me, is a religion, yeah. dude. It took me about forty five seconds to understand what the hell you're just talking about there. Maybe I might be a little slow. Yeah. I don't know, but it took me about forty five seconds to understand what you meant about that feeling on Saturday morning. Yeah. And other than the whole heavy description heavy that we had last week. Mm-hmm. That's the best description Metal's of heavy, so, heavy metal music. So we're talking about heard. we're talking about heavy. We're talking about emotion. We're talking about being deep. I'm going to take you back to 1984, and I'm going to read you one of the heaviest verses ever written. Life, it seems, will fade away, drifting further every day, getting lost within myself. Nothing matters, no one else. I have lost the will to live, simply nothing more to give. There is nothing more for me, need the end to set me free. That is some of the heaviest, most darkest times of your life feeling. But as that song progresses, it changes. And And metal artists have been doing this for decades. A long-ass time. I'm I'm so thankful. And there's still people that don't get it. 
I am so thankful that my parents didn't hear me listening to metal music and think that they should take it away from me. Amen to that. Because dude. that I see that happen. You you see it happen. Culture Absolutely. culture does that. My now here's one thing my parents did do is like hey, you understand what they're saying right? I remember one time forty five shine down. One, yep. that was a great song. Great it was song. One of the first songs I learned yep. to play on guitar. My dad goes, hey, you know what this is about, right? And yep. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay, and turns it back on. And it, it wasn't like they were afraid yeah. that, that that's what was going to happen. Yeah. They understood that, like, it, it was mm. me working through my own problems. Listen, I we, hope we, to God we, you guys are listening to this shit right now because this is – I'm a – yeah, this go is ahead. huge. No, Tyler, this I know you're geared huge. up for I'm going to set you up for it, too, because <laughs> I am... Derek, I don't give a shit about time right now. Derek, Derek teed this up perfectly because I am so thankful that I grew up in a household with parents that encouraged my musicality. Yeah. That encouraged me to listen. My dad was the biggest thrash metal metalhead. I mean, I was... I grew up in a household that encouraged it, and, you know, my parents helped me buy my first... I, I bought my own... My, my first guitar myself when I was 11 years old, but my parents went out and bought me an amp. Like yeah. it was, I was encouraged to travel. My parents bought me the band t-shirts. They drove me to the concerts. They drove me to Preston's house to jam. Like I was encouraged in that. Tyler grew up in a household where his dad was a fucking musician. Derek yeah. grew up in a household full of musicians. Preston's dad was so multicultural in different kinds of music yes. and was able to experience yep. so many yeah. different things. We yep. were all blessed with the opportunity to grow in music and so many people out there aren't. And if you're listening right now, it's okay. We are here for you guys. This is the exact reason we're this here. This is why we're doing this yes. fucking podcast yep. is to make you feel included. It is okay to spread your fucking wings and crank that shit. Yeah. Tyler, I know you got some shit to say, brother, and I'm going to give you the floor. The I hope to God everybody feels every fucking ounce I of So I, I have to admit I'm getting a little emotional. Good. Me too. Good, bro. This I'm, is I'm awesome. holding it back too, man. Because, you know, around this conversation, look, I get, I get weary about showing, <clears throat> showing other people that I'm not entirely comfortable with the music that I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. I felt that, man. Because I feel like you can you can learn a lot about a person around the music they listen to. And if you listen to, to some of the things that I listen to on a regular basis, like you guys have heard me talk for the last three episodes about how deep I go into music and, and some of the music I listen to, but... Like, in my head, like, life is not okay. Yeah. In in right. my head, I live, I live a very, and, and not to be too sappy, um, like a very sad reality. And, you know, there, there's some diagnosis around it. Um, there's a lot of pain around it. And... A lot of the music I listen to, and I, I mentioned it earlier, it's I listen to the music because it's able to express what I, I can't. What you can't say. And there are times when I just want to send songs to the people I care about to, to be like, look, this is this is where I'm at. This is this is what I'm feeling. <clears throat> and I know I can't express it the way that you want to hear it. 
and I've had, you know, failed relationships. I've had strained relationships with family. Um, I even sometimes have a, a tough time communicating with, with my own children uh, ab- about certain feelings. <clears throat> and, you know, when I listen to certain songs, certain artists, and some of the things that they're talking about and the the things that they're expressing that I literally cannot put into words. It's like knowing that, I mean, there's a, a literal fucking meme that's kind of funny, but it's like knowing that I'm not the only one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it's okay to feel a certain way and, and knowing that I live in a society where it's not a custom for me to have feelings and for me to be vulnerable and I'm expected to be strong. I'm a, you know, I'm a single dad. I mean, it may be shared parenting, but you know, I'm, I'm maintaining a fucking household by myself in a, in a time when, you know, dual fucking income (laughs) is absolutely necessary. And I'm dealing with, with strains in my life that, you know, I would say, sometimes are unfair and these these artists these musicians that are writing some of these songs and and putting these these emotions into words and and expressing them through uh music in a way that I understand because that's that's how I can express it I can express it through music I can't express it through lyrics cuz I just can't find the fucking words um it it brings me to to a point in my life where that's the only avenue I have. I can't go into a fucking therapy appointment and say, Mr. Mrs. Therapist, this is how I'm feeling. Here are the words to describe it. I can't do that. No, you you got to put on a little uh, distance or something. <clears throat> I speak for, <laughs> I, I think that I speak for all four of us here when I say, Music saved my life. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it not only saved my life once, it saves my life every day. And what I, and I don't, that, that that's not as dark as it sounds, but yeah. when I think about how hollow my life would be. There's a level of fulfillment that it provides for you. If I didn't have music. Yeah. And no, not just hard rock and heavy metal music. No, yeah, we we've shout out Childers multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's hip hop artists that speak to me. Yeah, there's country artists that speak to me. But, but it is predominantly hard rock and heavy metal because but, yeah. of what we spoke to earlier about the emotion. There's just a genuine sincerity in metal, in hard rock, in in the music that we, in all these bands we've shouted out that you don't find anywhere else. No. That's why it's so unique. That is why there is a brotherhood, and that is why there is a community behind the shit that we listen to. And that's why... That's why this was created. That's why we're sitting here doing a podcast right yep. now. Hey, exactly guys, I apologize. Why. I had to toss My in a... shot. I had to toss in a, a, a Chewbacker, because... Yeah. That got, that got a little intense for a moment. <laughs> and again... I Did apologize. They, it's not guys. look. Hey, I look, looked around the couch. There was some vulnerability. But no, was, I, I gotta some... say, it is not easy expressing that kind of yeah. shit, knowing that other people are going to listen to this. Yeah, and it's... and people that I care about are going to yeah, listen yeah. to this. Once again, the reason we created that's is the for whole, this shit that's right literally here, dude. the whole yeah. and, and, this and guys, right we here. are we are two and a half hours yeah. or more care. deep into this thing. I don't care. And All if right. you have hung on, yeah, it's fucking worth it. 
And my, again, I apologize for my voice being shot, but that's that's part of the game. We, I need another hot take. What's that? I need another hot take. I got one. I got one for you. You ready I, for I mine? A spicy take. We've talked about it a little bit. <clears throat> Metallica has become overhated in the last mm. five years or so, similar to Nickelback, for absolutely no fucking reason. And I don't quite get it. And again, guys, I'm so sorry for my voice being shot. I dig it. I think we're all just and, tired. And it's social media <laughs> has become a big driver of that hate of Metallica. Yeah. I see nothing but love for Metallica. You're seeing the wrong fucking shit, and dude. And I, I am not much of a fan of Metallica. We know. Yeah. But the listeners don't know that. So yeah, the listeners don't know this. I do not like Metallica. I appreciate their influence. There are very few artists that I listen to that don't <laughs> say that they're somehow influenced by Metallica. But I just Metallica, I'm not a big yeah. fan of their music and I think part of that might be the vocals, part of that might be when I first heard them, it was a particular album. That was Give me fuel, give me fire, give me Oh, no I fucking desire. wonder. Like, that's so when the first, I first fucking Metallica album you so heard, like, no wonder. When I first I heard Metallica, it was, it was stuff like that. Yeah. And when I first started playing guitar, one of the first songs I learned was Nothing Else Matters. So I, oh, I, did, at, I did at some point like them, yeah. but I think part of me clumps them into this, this old rock that I just kind of shun in my own world because it's just not what I like to play mm-hmm. and it's not what I enjoyed listening to. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I think but, there's another, if I could speak for you, and I'm probably wrong by saying this, but I, I feel like this is real. Everything that you had delved into and you were gravitated toward was all about feel and maybe it felt as if Metallica's music at the time wasn't about feel. It yeah, I didn't feel just, anything when yeah. I listened to them. But for me and maybe Kyler and a million others out there, we were riff riders. Yeah. <laughs> so that, riffers, just that's, riff that's what we gave yep. a fuck about. Yep. So like everybody was, has we were all about it. The reason that I play guitar is because of Metallica. Same here. Like Same here. I feel like everybody Same has, as Mark Tremonti. Everybody fuck. has a little Metallica face. Yeah. How many bands today would not be around if it wasn't oh, for Metallica? Yeah, half of them. Yep, I mean, half of them. You're correct. There wouldn't even be certain genres. I've seen. I've seen a little bit of that hate, though. There I mean, has like been. There, there's. There's like an attitude, and I think it's a. I think a lot of it has a, to do with Dave Mustaine. I think it's these boomer fucking there, core gate. There are so many. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact. There, there are so many people that are still butthurt that Kirk Hammett recorded all the songs and solos that Dave Mustaine wrote for Kill 'Em All. Yeah, and yes, Dave Mustaine is probably a better musician, it's the uh-huh. it's the but it's a completely different deal. It's yeah. it is what it is. You cannot hate on the success and the influence in the span. Yeah, dude, that they played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Metallica. Hey, fuck, Metallica is the only band in the world that's ever played on all seven continents. Did you know that they've played a concert in, on Antarctica? That's metal. That's metal as fuck. <laughs> That is metal as fuck. Metallica. I I mean, it it, it is kind of the basis of you know a lot of fucking two thousand like 
You know what's crazy? Late two thousands, early two thousand tens, like metal music videos. What's crazy too? Yeah, metal yeah. in the snow. Yeah. What's oh? Or dude. in the rain. There's or in band, the rain. There's this band called like Alaska. In a forest. Shit. Hold on, let me see if I can find it real quick. So yeah, oh, shit. it's just there's just wait. What was the hot? Of, oh, that was the hot take. Yeah, yeah, it was just that there was a. lot We're so of, deep in the show, I'm forgetting the hot takes. It right. was just that there was a lot of. Pete Dunn, what's your, what's your hot metal? I'm going to sound extremely selfish when I when I say all of this, um, and it's because of the personal influence that Metallica had on me. I agree that there is this weird level of hate within the last, I would say, roughly five to eight years, and maybe it's shorter, maybe it's longer. Um, you can't hate on their influence that they had. Uh, Periphery would not be a band if it wasn't for Metallica. Mark Tremonti would not be an artist if it wasn't for Metallica. Avenged Sevenfold would not be a fucking bullet. Same, same goes for anybody. Um, Metallica as a band changed. Well, Allison Chains, one of their biggest. Metallica changed the whole trajectory. Trajectory, excuse me, of my entire life. Yeah. Um, I'm forever indebted to Metallica. Just because of their creative songwriting, whether it's a ballad like "Fade to Black," "Sanitarium," (sighs) I could name them all. Or as as heavy as Creeping Death, um, they made or me battery want, or yeah, and, yeah, I mean yeah they made me want to play the guitar yep. and there's a reason I'm sitting here because we were riff riders. Right I yeah. mean we were I mean, yeah. there's a reason I'm Metallica sitting is the reason right I am sitting on this couch right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I owe I owe so much. So to many them. people could say that as well. Yeah, literally millions of people yeah. could say that. Well, there's not that many people on this couch, so. Well, <laughs> on their own couch. Fuck, sit on your own damn couch and talk about Metallica. <laughs> so, um, anybody else have anything Tyler, to add to if that? If you have anything, no. real quick. So, real quick, Kyler, I, I kind of talked to you a little bit Friday at, at dinner about yep. what my hot take was going to be. And I normally <laughs> don't tell anyone yeah, we what ne- it's going to be yeah. until. I, I don't remember it, it so happens. if it makes you feel any better. You two have not heard it yet. But um, tone is in the left hand, feel, feel is in, in the, the right, right hand. hand. Oh, yeah. And for you lefties, vice it's versa. vice versa. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, and Tyler, what did we talk about? We talked about Stevie Ray Vaughan. Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. Who was all feel. feel. So yeah, yeah, his best back hand to, was yeah. his right hand. You have to think about somebody putting down a, a really moody solo. That's what that's flow what from novelist. So the the things I think about is is kind of going back to some of that music theory talk that we had, and it's the the musical elements that that allow you to feel the music is more so around dynamics and um, texture and and things like that, whereas tonality is is more the pitch, mm-hmm. the harmony. Um, are you, are you giving it a little bit of vibrato? Are you, you know, holding it out? Are you shortening up the notes? Things like that. So I would say what makes so many lead guitarists so great, particularly in, in the realm of like blues and things like that, is that their right hand is fucking phenomenal, mm-hmm. but they're also able to attach with that a level of, like, look, when I play my Fender, 
it gives me exactly what I put into it. So if I barely mm-hmm. touch That's the, the string when I pick it, mm-hmm. when I <laughs> barely touch the string when I pick it, it sounds and feels so much different than when I really hit that string. Yeah. That's also a difference in the, with oh, with a yeah. single coil, too. And I, I don't want to get too deep. I hope musicians that. are well, still listening because that might be the, the only thing. Playing an acoustic, and, and that's a big reason so. is because when I play the acoustic guitar, and Kyler, I've played a few of these new songs I've been writing, the dynamic levels I go through are very drastic, and I do it intentionally. And I'll I'll throw in some dynamic range within a certain cadence of the songs that I write because... Mm. I want that. That's how you get the feel in there is with what you're doing with the right hand. And then, you know, it's often said that tone is in the hands. Well, that is in the left hand. That is mm-hmm. how hard are you holding about, the, the yes, note down? Pressure. Are you, are you holding it in the right spot, right behind the fret? Are you giving a little bit of vibrato? Are you bending the strings a little bit? What are you doing over here with the left hand? And honestly, it it gets it gets so deep as as to like, you know, hammer ons, pull offs. How yeah. how are you? How are your fingers really interacting with those strings? And you can hear the difference in someone like Stevie Ray Vaughan playing, and the way his left hand brings out the tone of that fucking guitar. Versus me grabbing a fucking guitar, yeah, and Jim my Jim. tone is dog shit. No matter what setting I fucking put it, in. <laughs> so <laughs> that is my that is my hot take. Uh, and the, pro- the only problem with the hot take is, is it's not really a hot take, brother. It's it's facts. a fact. Yeah, facts. It's facts. Facts. All musicians listening will relate. Well, uh, yeah. they'll the, as soon as anybody that's played guitar hear, heard Dude, that, that, they're going. That kind of gave me. Yeah, like, chills that's not a hot take, bit. bro. Yeah. That's some chill, that's because my bro speaks a million languages. Yeah. It is shows real. Big fact. We're on this podcast and we're speaking real shit, people. <laughs> yeah. We are speaking real shit. Well, yeah, that's like the that you got some good hot takes, man. I gotta admit that. But it wasn't a hot take. Yeah. That's Here true. I am shitting on Tyler now instead of Kyler. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. passing the love. <laughs> So, guys, we are almost to three hours. Oh, I got one more band to uh, shout out. If you like some weird-ass shit like me, like Shrezers, uh, Valiant Hearts. V-A-L-I-A-N-T. I've heard the name, but I Hearts. cannot remember They got anything. some weird stuff that gets me in my feels. Okay. So, I, like, I like being in my feels. Shout I'm out gonna, Valiant Hearts. I'm going to send some stuff to the group chat. Check them out. Okay. They're, like, they're like weird. They they. When it, it, they, I thought about it because they have some song about like Alaska or something, and you said something about rock in the snow, and I was like, dude, I got the perfect band. <laughs> Beautiful. Sweet. We love music shout outs. So, yeah. for everybody that's hung on this long, you y'all already know it's been well worth it. Because go back and is- listen to Mud or Mud Vein. Go back and listen to Mud Shovel by Stain. Yep. Go back and listen to your Drowning Pool. This has Pull out easily that old shit. easily been <laughs> the best album so far. And and Derek, best you episode. were. Best episode. Did I say best, yeah, album? best album? You did. Close been recording too long. So again, apologize for my voice sound like yeah, shit. Joe Rogan ain't got shit on us. We'd be going longer. I Derek, didn't take a piss the whole time. <laughs> Derek's the only one that hasn't got up to take a piss. I just hope we've we. I don't know that we have, but I hope we've done an okay job of keeping the listener engaged yeah. throughout. Because I feel like we've gotten some real deep yeah. conversations yeah. that mean a ton to each and every one of us. 
and that's the whole point of the show, right? Mm-hmm. And because I feel like we can relate to a ton of people out there. And Derek, you were talking about, oh God, I'm nervous before coming on the show, <laughs> and you, my friend, are a fucking natural, oh, dude, an I, absolute I really fucking so. bro. Yeah. Hey, I hope all these people out here, all the people who follow Kyler on TikTok, all, all everybody who follows the band. I hope you guys listen. I hope you got something out of the podcast. I hope you get the opportunity to come on someday and talk about your Hell journey. yeah. Hell you know what yeah. I really liked was was the experience of watching practice and then sitting down and talking about That was a lot of fun. It makes for a long night, but it makes for a night that you yeah. won't forget for a long time. And that's the whole goal. And, and thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and, and growing with us and, and relating with us and all of the above. So thank you to our listeners so much. And for our listeners, we got the first taste of what the logo is going to look like Ooh. today. Oh, so I, I heard back, shit. I heard back from the designer and he sent me a little snippet. Um, I think you guys are going to like what we put together. I can't fucking wait. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be somewhat oddball, but so so aren't we all. I was going to say, isn't that what we are? Yeah. Wait till you see this new logo on a shirt with That's Metal is AF on the back of it. I, I'm I'm fucking juiced out of my mind. That's new colors, yeah. new logo, new brand, and we are doing this for, for us, for, the, for you guys, for the metal brotherhood that we're all a part of. So thank you all so much Dude, for the love. Do it for everybody. So, real quick shout outs. I do want to shout out my guy Raven from the band Carved in Skulls. Out on the northeast Ooh, coast, we've been having a great conversation. This this guy, he is 18 years old. He is killing it. Please give him a follow on TikTok. He's at Raven underscore C I N S. Again, lead vocalist for the band Carved and Skulls. They're actually looking for a guitarist or two. So if you're in the the, the northeast, out in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, look up Raven underscore C I N S on TikTok. Give him a shout out. Appreciate him. We've had some great conversations. He's doing some awesome shit. And again, <clears throat> want to shout out my good buddy Jake over at Metalcore Highlights up in Michigan. He is working on a promo go video. Bucks. <laughs> yeah, go Bucks, Jake. I'm sorry. He's working on a promo video edit for us as well to to promo the podcast. He's a hellacious visual uh, video editor, so he's working on some shit for us too. Always having great conversation with him. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. We are the Screaming Idiots. Peace, love, dove. Holy shit.